This is Doug Sharavo, and you are listening to a special throwback episode of The Doug Sharavo Show. While I was a student at the Connecticut School of Broadcasting in 2017, I had my own show on MessonRadio.com. Here is this episode featuring Jeffrey Burns. This is the Sports Update, brought to you by CSB. The 2018 NFL League year officially... Officially begins, uh, gets underway today as uh, the Giants and Jets look to update the roster. Today, the Giants signed for free agent Jonathan Stewart as long, along with uh, linebacker Nate Soldier. The Jets today, uh, the Jets yesterday signed, re-signed Josh McCown to a one-year deal and pick up quarterback Teddy Bridgewater. We'll update you throughout the hour if more uh, free agents are signed. In, uh, in the NHL, both the Devils and Rangers return to action tonight after ha- having Tuesday off. Rangers play the Penguins at 8, while the Devils travel to Las Vegas for the first time to take on the Golden Knights. Keith Kincaid will be in starting that. In the NBA, the Knicks lost their 8th straight game to the Dallas Mavericks 110-97, the, uh, losing their 16th game in the last 17. The Nets also lose to the Raptors 116-102. In baseball, the Yan- Yan- spring training action, Yankees take on the Orioles. Orioles defeat... Uh, Beating the Yankees 6-4 while the Mets uh, take on the Marlins. Mets, Marlins up 2-0 over the Mets. This has been a sports update. This has been a sports update. I'm Jeff Burns, brought to you by CSB. You are listening to The Doug Sharavo Show on MessinRadio.com with your host, Doug Sharavo. It's a team with Lonzo Ball, who has his daddy protecting him with everything he does. His special guest, Jeffrey Burns. LeBron James and that Cleveland team is I'm going, nothing I'm going without to... Kyrie Irving. The Doug Sharavo Show on MessinRadio.com. Up next... So what's going on, Jeff? Hey, man, good to see you again. Thanks for having me back. No problem. Glad to have you back. What you been up to? Uh, yeah, just uh, a lot of stuff going on. Just going up to school. I'm on spring break this week, so we got a lot of time. Uh, you know, it's good to be back, man. A lot of stuff to talk about. I'm yeah. excited. Keep me updated with you with uh, what you've been up to. No, just uh, a lot of stuff going on. You know, with school and everything. Just uh, you know, getting ready for March Madness. Getting ready for a lot of stuff coming up, and it's gonna be a uh, It'll be a good stretch. You bet it is, Jeff. I'm glad you're here. No, I'm glad too. We had a we had a good time last time, and I'm I'm happy you're back, bro. Yeah, I'm happy too. Yeah, that was a uh, not gonna lie, it might have been my first time on the radio last time. That went really well, so I'm glad to be back. Oh yes, it did. Yes, it did, bro. I was proud of you. You have a good radio voice, good sports update, and uh, let's jump right into it. March Madness, baby. Oh, it's one of the most glorious times of the year. Let me tell you, March Madness is uh, you know. Basketball tournaments, uh, a lot of upsets, potential upsets. Uh, truly a, gr- a great tournament, Doug. So uh, tell me about your Final Four and how you uh, went about picking these uh, these teams in the bracket. All right. So my Final Four, you know, you look at the uh, the number one seeds. Like you got Villanova, you got Kansas, Virginia, Xavier. And my Final Four, I'm from the, uh, from the south and the west. I got Arizona going to the Final Four from the south region. 
Arizona, they got a, they're a team that averages 80.9 points per game, which is up in the top 50 in the country. They got uh, possibly the number one pick in the NBA draft coming up this year in DeAndre Ayton. Uh, you know, he, he at night after night, he comes through. He's consistent. You got a lot of playmakers on Arizona. And uh, so I got Arizona going up there. I got Gonzaga on the bottom. Gonzaga, very good elite team, very consistent. You know, they um, obviously they're going to have to go through a, uh, a tough Xavier. But I, to be honest with you, Doug, Xavier, I don't see them as like a great number one seed. I have them, I have them going to the, the national championship. You have to go to the national championship? Yes, I Are do. Are you out of your mind? No, I'll tell you my strategy, but I want to f- I want to finish your, uh, your right, well, thought on what you have. I'll tell you something. All right. Well, before I finish, I'll, I'll say about this about Xavier. Xavier lost to Providence in the uh, Big East tournament, and they just looked sloppy. They just looked like disoriented. They couldn't make a shot in, like the final five minutes. So I mean, everything was just not going their way. I I just don't see Xavier going far in, in this region. So I got Gonzaga. I got Arizona Gonzaga. And then from the East region, I got Villanova. Villanova, again, very consistent throughout the year. Good ball movement. They got a solid defense. They're looking really poised to get back to the national championship after winning it in 2016. I think I just think you don't know that much about Xavier. You don't I don't think so, huh? They're they're twenty they're twenty eight and five, Jeff. Twenty and five? Twenty eight and five. They're they're ranked by the RPI number three. Okay. Their opponents point per game is seventy four point five. Yes. Their conference record is fifteen and three, right? And they average their their points per game. They average is eighty four point three. Yeah, that's okay. So, and, uh, but their last twelve games, they're ten and two. They're they're playing good basketball, right? Yeah, now. They're, they're playing good basketball. Yes, they're playing good basketball. That's 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 a fact. But I just don't like the fact that they're coming into this tournament off of a loss to Providence. They were the number one ranked team in the Big East tournament, and they lose to a team. Honestly, they should have beaten. They beat Providence earlier this year. I get that, but come on. Yes, I understand that, but you you got to look at the facts here. Is I did. It, I just gave you facts. Yeah, you, you got to look at the <laughs> I just gave you facts. Yes, I understand you yeah. gave you the facts, Doug. But you got to look at like long term. Xavier is is coming in. They need to build momentum and honestly, I think they're they're going to steamroll whoever their 16 seed is. They're going to like I think they're going to I got them beating uh Missouri. I think Missouri's going to beat the Florida State and I have them beating Missouri. I I just don't see them getting out of Sweet 16. Are you insane? No, that's a fact. I am not insane. <laughs> All right, what was your other final four? I don't think I. You All right, well, that. I had I had Villanova, and I'm gonna be honest. I had I had a tough time in the Midwest region. It's a very tough bracket. I like Kansas. I think they're a very good number one team, but I mean, honestly, I think Duke uh, has maybe has a chance. I think it will be Duke in the Elite Eight. Could they go to the Final Four? Maybe, but they just gotta show me that they can like be stay consistent throughout this tournament because in the past. They've either gotten knocked out early or they've gone far. It's like back and forth. So they got to show me they can stay consistent. If they can, I think they can at least make it to the Final Four. All right, so every year there's like a surprise team. I think one year it was uh, VCU, Butler, the back-to-back. Right. And I think Wichita, how do you say it? Wichita State. Wichita State. So who's your surprise team? And then I'll get to mine in my Final Four and how I decided who. All right. My surprise team, like you're talking about, like upsets, like three yeah, versus like, fourteen, like okay. upsets. All right, so my or or a team that you have advancing far that not many people may pick. All right, all right. So my team to advance far is Stephen F. Austin. I think yes, they're a fourteen team. Where do you have them? I have them going to the Sweet Sixteen because they have a very solid defense. Uh, points off the turnover is very good. I think if if they can get the ball turned over on Texas Tech, 
They could be a very tough opponent for them. And honestly, they're a very good defensive team. You said they're 14? Uh, yeah, yes, they're 14. I actually have one 14 team in my uh, bracket in the Sweet 16. And who's that? Wright State. Wright State? Wright State. Hmm? Yeah, like David Wright. <laughs> right. Uh, how far do you have them going? Uh, they're losing to Nevada in the Sweet 16. You got Nevada in the Sweet 16. I got Cincinnati beating Nevada in the uh, round of 32. But you want to know who my surprise team is? Who? Creighton. You got Creighton? Yes, I do. All right. Why is that? And I have <laughs> them. I'm just, sorry. I'm looking at my bracket. Yeah, you're looking at your bracket? You know, you know Doug, you're this simple enough. Uh, you see, unlike you, I actually have my printed out. So I got it on my phone. Yeah, your phone. You got to print it out, dude. What are you doing? I'm living in 2018, Jeff. Listen, it's 2018. Yeah, I know. But the iPhone makes everything easier at times. But you just told me the iPhone was terrible. Yeah, but at times. At times. <laughs> All right. This is this is who I have for my final four, Jeffrey. I have Creighton. All right, Creighton. Xavier. Xavier. Villanova. Villanova. Okay, I like Villanova. And then Oklahoma. And o Are you kidding me? Oklahoma doesn't deserve to be in this tournament. And you have them going to the final four? I do. All right. First of all, Oklahoma completely collapsed down the stretch. Like, they got – obviously, yeah, they got Trey Young. Trey Young is going to be, I think, at least a top five pick in the draft next year. But without Trey Young, that team is garbage. Like, that, that, that stuff – let's be real here, Doug. They're complete garbage that, without Trey Young. The I only think, reason they got into that. the tournament is because I think because of ratings. Yeah, but I know that, but you don't understand something. When the March Madness starts, any team could win. Yes, any and I think it's all about getting hot at the right time. Yeah, is Oklahoma hot at the right time? No, but exactly. But Jeffrey, I just Oklahoma has they started off the year really good. Like, I think Trey Young is going to uh, he's going to step his game up and show show the world why he's going to be a next stud in the NBA. Yeah. Even if he steps up his game, is that going to be enough? I just don't see it. Because obviously... Watch. Okay, I'll watch. And I want you to watch. And I'll watch, and happen. I'll watch them lose. All right, but this is my... As we see, we, I gave you my final four, and my national championship is Villanova over Xavier. So what I did with this is because... Usually, I just pick teams by their name because you never know with the luck in this this bracket thing. I think I was so close in winning a pool, but your brother took the wrong bracket from me. Uh. <laughs> but I, with Creighton, I like their style of play. They're twenty-one and eleven, but they're good. They're good in conference. They they average eighty-four points a game. They hold their opponents to seventy-four point two. So I think having that edge in points could be a difference. They're playing against a Kansas State team who only averages 72 points per game. So I think that's a difference. Hey, you got to look at defense too. Yes, I do. Like point get I know like points off the turnover. I know Kansas State has a good defense, but I think because of the points, I'm going with Creighton. Then I have them beating Virginia. You have Creighton beating Virginia? Yes, I do. You know, you know realize Virginia is like a two-loss team, right? Only lost twice this yes, year? Yes, I do. But but you have Creighton beating Virginia. Yes, I do. I think they're my surprise team. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. Virginia only averages 67 points per Th game. That is a big Creighton plus. Creighton averages oh, no, no, 84 points per game. That is so what's – you could play great defense, but if you don't score goals, points, touchdowns, you're not going to win. Well, I don't think you score a touchdown in basketball. I know. But I'm but just <laughs> saying it's all about – it doesn't matter how much your offense does. You need a good defense. Exactly. So, like – and you I'll can be honest, have a good if, 
if Creighton does you win. You can have a good defense and your offense doesn't yeah. show up. If Creighton does beat Kansas State, because I have Kansas State beating Creighton in the first round, I think they can give Virginia a run. But will it ultimately be enough? I don't know. Because That's my surprise team, Creighton. Okay, I really yeah. think people I mean, are going to It's a good surprise. I, I, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm really liking I'm saying, Creighton. I'm, just, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying No, they, I know. I'm just saying Creighton's my surprise team. Yeah, yeah, yeah That's no problem. Like, Same with Oklahoma. Yeah, I I just I can't get on the Oklahoma bandwagon. I'm sorry. I That team has just not – has been just terrible. They had like a complete collapse down the stretch. I mean, first of all, if I were to tell you something else also, I, I actually have um, – New Mexico State beating Clemson. Uh, that's a 12 seed over a 5 seed. So, uh, let's see. Am I anything else in here? I got Houston. I got Houston moving on. That, but I, I haven't losing to Michigan in the Sweet 16. So, either way, this is good. <laughs> this is what I love about March Madness, man. Because you got so many teams. You got so many, like, outcomes that could possibly happen. I feel like we're going to see one a huge upset somewhere. Obviously, I think Stephen F. Austin is a really, really good underrated team. They have made a lot of noise in the past, but I think like this year they can at least uh, beat Texas Tech, and I think they have a good shot at going to Sweet 16. At least going that far. Is there is there a surprise player? I mean, I I really think Trey Young may step up now. I mean, Trey Young, of course, well, he has to step up because if he doesn't, this this team is gonna get destroyed. I mean, by he, he really ha- he hasn't declared for the NBA draft yet, but these are. These are their time for it to shine. All these guys that are prospects, DeAndre Ayton is probably going number one. You have, um, I think, who else do we have? I know Ayton. Ayton, got Trey Young. Trey Young. Um, Doniak, I don't think, is in college. But there's a lot of guys that could really... Obviously, it's a time for everybody to step up. Obviously, the underranked teams want to show... Jeffrey, we saw it with Steph Curry. He led Davidson to, I think, the Sweet 16. He did lead him to the Sweet 16. Keyword here, and Steph he, Curry. Steph Curry. Yeah. And he <laughs> went to he went to a small market school in Davidson. He didn't go to those big-name schools like Kentucky, um, North Carolina. He went to Davidson. A lot, of, a lot of these guys went to, like, small market schools like Damian Lillard. He went to... Um, LeBron James didn't even go to college. I know. But, yeah, Damian Lillard. I mean, obviously, you don't have to go to, like, a big school to succeed, obviously. All these teams have to uh, want to show, hey, why are we ranked so – obviously, they were good enough throughout the year to make the tournament. Why are we ranked so low? They have to step up against the big boys now. And you got Marvin Bagley from Duke. Marvin Bagley, of course. Duran Jackson, Mich- Mich- Michigan State. Wendell Carter. Michael Porter Jr. from Missouri. Didn't – Missouri make it though? Yes, Missouri's the eight seed. Uh, Missouri, I have them going to the round of thirty-two, but I think it's gonna be. I think I have them going against Xavier. I don't. Th- I think it's gonna be a very close game between those two, but I think Xavier will ultimately eke it out. But you know, Michael Porter Jr. He's been. He's had a very good year himself. I think he's gonna go pretty high up in the draft as well. And if you're looking at the mock draft, you got a lot of. You know, right now it's like Memphis. I don't know how the lottery is going to turn out, but you got teams like Memphis. They could, they could draft Aiton and have him develop under Gasol. Um, you know, Dallas might want to look at like someone like Bagley because oh, absolutely, yeah. Because you know, Dirk is going to. They Dirk calls it calls it a career. Not yet, but he's getting up there. I give him maybe he one is, more he year. He's getting up there. I mean, I could I could see him maybe sticking around for one more year. Uh, but you know he's 
He's accomplished so much in his career. He's the first power Hall of Famer in my book. Oh, yeah, definitely. So I think they'll give him at least one more one-year contract, and I think he'll call it a career after not this season but next season. There's a lot of – Butler, you never know with Butler too. But I have them losing to Florida in the Sweet 16. You have them to Florida in the Sweet 16? Yeah. Okay. I have um, I have them losing to uh, Purdue in the round of 32. But obviously, I could, I could be wrong. Obviously, Butler's a good team, but I just don't think it's good enough to make it past the uh, round of 32. Yeah, I mean, back in the day Brad, Brad, with Brad uh, Stevens and Gordon Hayward, I mean, they've still been consistent, Butler, but... Yeah, Butler's been up there just, uh, you know, they've had good runs. Just uh, hasn't They were really close been. to winning a few titles, too. That would have been. Yeah, they had, they almost, that buzzer, that almost made that buzzer beater against Duke. Who was that one team a few years ago that went far? No one expected. Was it, what, Florida Gulf? Florida Gulf Coast, yeah. Dunk City, I think they were called. Yeah. Because they were, they were best known as the, uh, as the team where they would just, like, dunk in your face and everybody would go, oh, they're going crazy. But, uh. Yeah, that, they they went I think to the round. Uh, they went to the Sweet Sixteen before being eliminated. All right, now I know we're talking about March Madness, but before we go to a break, I just want to ask you a question on your opinion on this. Right? Do you think college football should do this type of bracket or stick to the four team, the four team playoff? Because with the four team playoff, it's the same teams like Alabama, Ohio State. Do you think they well, should upgrade it to the top twenty five? Do one versus twenty five, two versus twenty four? Well, I mean, if we if we start creating brackets, then the college playoff, I think the college uh, playoff would just be just be stupid. Obviously, we want to see the best teams in the like going for the championship. But if I I don't know if we should expand to like eight teams or like twelve teams. We I think maybe like top ten, maybe like expands like like one maybe one versus ten, like two versus nine, like maybe maybe something like that. But I don't know if maybe like top twenty five. I would say maybe like the top ten, but. Obviously, there was a. It'd be interesting because there were a few teams that missed out on that playoff that should have been in it. Yeah, you think Alabama should have been in? I don't because honestly, despite their record, I mean they they didn't win the conference title, but they just like by record, I think like their lack of schedule. I don't know if they should have made it in or not this year. I don't know, but that was a hell of a championship game though with uh, with a Tua. Oh man, the uh, freshman quarterback comes in in the second half. I think it was I think it was the first time he's ever played. In his like in yeah, college I think football that was his career, first start, his first, first uh, start. Game. I'm I'm watching that game. Nick Saban brings him in. I'm like, is this guy out of his mind? And he goes out there and he's like, throws like one of the greatest like second halves I've ever seen. It's all it's all the magic of uh, college sports, you know. Yeah. So we're gonna take a quick commercial break. We'll uh, get back and talk some uh, NFL free agency, the draft, then MLB preview, Devils off Devils uh. Not off season. No, but, uh, not be off season. This, this playoff push. And uh, if you want to have us take your calls, just call us at 609 910 0687. We'll be right back. Hey, Devil fans. Do you want to experience live Devils hockey all year long? Do you want to enjoy the exciting and intense rivalry with our Hudson River rivals, the New York Rangers? Well, now you can as full season tickets are now available. Call 973-757-6600 or visit NewJerseyDevils.com. We hope to see you at the Prudential Center.
Hey Patty, it's Rico. Just wanted to say congratulations on a great career. It was an honor to play alongside you for a few years. Enjoy retirement. Hi, this is Zach Parisi. Patrick, congratulations on getting your number retired. It's uh, very well deserved. I hope you enjoy the night and enjoy Pulse Hockey. Congratulations. Patty, Travis Ajak here. Congrats on a fantastic career. It's well deserved and good luck on your future. Hey Patty, Andy Green here. Just want to congratulate you on your special night. Uh, your, your awesome career, um, you know, to be up there in the rafters with those, uh, those other guys, it's well-deserving. I uh, wish you nothing but the best to you and your family. The window of an Amtrak train can open up a whole new world for your kids. A world full of farms and sleepy little towns that belong to storybooks. A world of crystal clear lakes and rivers and cities so big and beautiful. They take your breath away. America is a country full of Incredibles and right now, you and your family can see more of it. Through your own wide window for less with an incredible Amtrak vacation. Because with Amtrak's family fares, members of the family can save 50 to 70% off the regular fare on all trains, except Metroliners. And Amtrak also has over 150 tour packages to choose from from simple day trips to cross-country cavalades. So this summer, why not let your kids see America from a different point of view? For details, call Amtrak or your travel agent. You are listening to The Doug Sarabo Show with your host, Doug Sarabo. We are back on MessonRadio.com. Jeffrey, how you doing? You ready to talk some uh, NFL offseason? Oh boy, yeah. That's. Let me tell you, dude. I can obviously, uh, you know, the league year officially begins at 4 p.m. today, so obviously a lot of excitement. I can't remember seeing so many free agent signings before the deadline. I know. What we're seeing right now. It's pretty crazy. Uh, what's his name? Signed with the. The Giants today, Super Bowl champion uh, Nate Solder. Nate Solder. This is a very, I think this is a very, very good pickup for the New York Giants. This is a left tackle who's been with the Patriots since uh, 2011. He is a solid, very reliable player. If you want a guy that can protect the quarterback, Nate Solder, I think, is the guy. Um, remember, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe the Giants gave him a four-year, $62 million contract, which I think makes him the highest-paid offensive line in the league. So the Giants, uh, they wanted him. That's a start for us because you know how the last That's, year went. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the Giants need to really rebuild that offensive line. So Nate Solder, I think, is a very good start. Um, and the question I think becomes now is, what do the Giants do with Eric Flowers? Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> I, I mean, think so. I don't know. If maybe obviously, I I think it's goodbye too. I don't know. If maybe they move him to right tackle. But other than that, I think he's gone. I don't. I don't see Eric Flowers sticking around. Uh, Jeffrey, how many times did uh, Eli get pressure and not have a uh, time to throw the ball? Uh, that's a lot. Listen, e- Eric Flowers was just just not good. Eric Flowers has been heavily criticized, rightfully so, for not protecting the quarterback, for not staying on with the defenseman. And honestly, I think this is the right move for the Giants. Now, Nate Solder, I think, is a very good pickup. Uh, he's a guy that will. 
very much protect the quarterback. Uh, I think last year alone, yeah, last year he led up, I believe, only two sacks on Tom Brady. So he's a guy, very reliable, very good pickup for them. And, uh, and a very good start, obviously, to rebuilding the offense. So uh, I want to ask you your opinion on something. Go ahead. Richard Sherman got released by uh, the Seahawks. Really? I, I couldn't believe that. And he went to the Niners. How much is that going to hurt Seattle? Well, Seattle, don't forget, Martel uh, Bennett, Michael Bennett went to the Eagles. So that entire defense is basically coming apart now. And uh, yesterday, uh, Paul Richardson from the offense went to the Redskins. So a lot of key players from the Seahawks are leaving. So looks like to me this is a the beginning of a rebuilding process for Seattle. Are you going? Do you think it's just this division is now going to be L.A. and San Francisco? Well, I honestly I think San Francisco coming back. I think when they acquired Jimmy Garoppolo, I think it was the start of a lot of enthusiasm coming back to the 49ers Garoppolo at least in like the, in the first five games of course he, if he, yeah, he's the highest games. paid quarterback now yeah <laughs> yeah six six stars and all of a sudden you're the highest paid quarterback in the league all right but honestly I he's he's going to be their franchise quarterback uh Jimmy Garoppolo for at least if they if they want to at least another 10 years he's the guy that they wanted and you just see Garoppolo he's comfortable in the pocket he's we can move around I've been telling a lot of people, I think the 49ers are going to be a popular destination for free agents this offseason. Do you think what Rodgers did with Favre is the same as Garoppolo and Brady? Because it's very similar. Very similar. They both learned from Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Yeah, because, uh, and don't forget, Garoppolo, um, uh, he, he started when Tom Brady was suspended for deflate game, and he did really well up there, too. So. Garoppolo, I, he's going to be a nice quarterback. I, I think he's going to do very well going into next season. The 49ers are back. I think they're going to be a very good team going forward because now uh, they got, they're getting they're building up their defense again. They finally have a franchise quarterback. I th- and now they got. I like that. I like that trade for them. And now getting Sherman. But the thing with Sherman is I liked because you know how fans are when players leave. They were they were burning Seattle's jersey. That's ridiculous. And he came, he came out and he made a nice tweet. First of all, I just want to say this to the people in, like the people in Seattle. I mean, it's not his what, fault. It's no, it's not his fault. The, re, the Seahawks released him. He didn't decide to pick up his bag and go home. No, he they released him. And the fact that the and then the way they want to repay him is by burning his jersey. Give me a break. Richard Sherman gave you a Super Bowl. He is one of the most iconic players in the history of your organization, and this is how you repay him. This is what he said on Twitter. And you know how Twitter works. It's their go-to. Instead of, and I quote, at rsherman underscore 25, instead of getting upset with me for going to, a ne- going to a new team, how about you get upset with the people who forced me to go? If one job fires you and another job offers you a great position, I highly doubt most people would go back to the old job for a lot less money. Whew, man, this just shows you that um, when the Seahawks and the 49ers meet, it's going to be a very the rivalry, very is interesting. Back. Game. Oh, the rivalry is back, baby. That that's going to be very intense. It's going to be very. I'm going to be very interested to see the reception that he gets when he goes back to Seattle. I'm I'm interested in that too because like this, do, do they show a, they should show a video tribute. They should. They, they I better they they better show a video tribute. They better give him at least like 
some kind of like uh, honor because this man gave like he helped he, the Legion of Boom. This man gave brought a Super Bowl to Seattle, and people respond by burning his jersey. Like I I really don't understand people sometimes. I I really don't. Like he he helped craft the Seahawks to be where they are today, and they show complete disrespect for him. It's ridiculous. That, that's my opinion. You know how fans are. Yeah. <laughs> fans are just, just crazy. But, you know, I think it would be worse when Kovalchuk is in a Rangers jersey and he plays the Devils. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I I actually have a Kovalchuk jersey yeah, I know in my you closet. I still, I still you have it. You won it at the banquet. Yeah, I won that. I still have him. I, you know, I, a year are, later, he retired. <laughs> a year later, he retires. Like uh, People are telling me, oh, Jeff, you should sell that jersey. I'm like, no, no, I'm going to keep it for a little while. But if I'm probably gonna have to end up burning it if it goes to the Rangers, oh my gosh! I'm I'm just glad you know we'll talk about that when we discuss the Devils and all, right? About Kovalchuk and where we are now. But the one thing that I think we should t- let people know is that the legendary Joe Thomas, who played behind twenty quarterbacks, I mean in front of twenty quarterbacks in his tenure with the Browns, retired today. Yes, uh, Joe Thomas, uh, 10-time Pro Bowler, uh, has been in the league for 11 seasons. Yeah, believe that. 10, 10 Pro Bowls in 11 years. That's uh, With 20 quarterbacks. Which, yes. And, yes, yeah, so this is an actual stat. Since 2007, the Cleveland Browns have had 20 different quarterbacks. That's just nuts. And the fact that Joe Thomas stayed in Cleveland when, obviously, he's, he's honestly could go down as one of the best players in Cleveland history. No, he so is he's, the best. He's played uh, – uh, yeah, he probably will go down as the best, but – he well, eh, they had Jim Brown. So I mean, all right, we'll just say one of the best. But anyway, he played over ten thousand snaps, and the game he got hurt was the first time in his entire career that he missed a snap. So honestly, I don't. I could see the Cleveland Browns. Hopefully, they give him the re- uh, retirement number or something that they I think should. he deserves. They should, because that's loyalty. If I was, like, I would want to go to a contender and win. Really, the fact that he showed loyalty throughout his entire career, the man deserves it. That's. I mean, so hopefully, honestly, he gets to, he gets a good retirement. Good for him. Uh, he rides off into the sunset. I hope. I I guess he wished you know he didn't have to do it while he was injured, but you know he had a great good long career. Uh, I think it's Hall of Fame worthy. So uh, now he just moves on to the next phase of his life. Speaking of NFL, I want to ask you where the Giants go with this draft because they brought in Jonathan Stewart on a contract and free agency. But you know, there's quarterbacks out there. There's Bridgewater. Well, there's well Teddy Bridgewater. A, uh, a lot of quarterbacks went out. Teddy, yeah, Teddy Bridgewater is going to the Jets for one year. That's going to be interesting to see what the he Jets do. He did go do. to the Jets. Yeah. So yeah, they also re-signed Josh McCown. So that's going to be who uh, interesting. What to see what the Jets do? Who reported it for the? Uh, that was first reported by I believe it was Ian Rappaport of NFL Network. Ian Rapp. Yes. That would be good. Yeah, I think it's going to be good for them. But um, Mc- McCown was named starter yesterday. McCown was named a starter, but the Jets but, have the number six pick. Yeah, but that's good. If they don't have, if they don't get a quarterback, what they could do is because Bridgewater, who knows how his, how his knees are? Yeah, exactly. We don't know exactly how the knees going to hold up. So, and so what you do, you know, they're not contending next year. Yeah, they're st- they're still what in the rebuilding you do phase. Is that you? Ca- you have McCown as your starter, and what you do is you have Bridgewater as your number two quarterback. Just way you could keep him healthy, develop him. You have McCown be your starter because with Bridgewater, 
He could be your future quarterback. He could be the future. He looked quarterback. good in Minnesota when he was healthy. He did. He looked very good when he was healthy. He was a very good quarterback. Very mobile in the pocket. He could get away from defenders. Very accurate down the field. Because that's what I wanted the Giants to try to do, is have him back up Eli. Yeah, I. If but, Teddy Bridgewater had come to the Giants, I would have had no problem with that. But um, yeah, I'm actually. It's going to be really interesting to see with this draft what the coming up. Coming what do you? Do. Where do you think we should go as a, as fans? As fans, this what is do you think we want to happen? Because I want the best player, but as fans, we have to you know face reality yes. and understand that we need to fill certain holes. Do we go for a quarterback to develop someone, or do we get that running back? Because we need to know the quarterback of the future. Because Eli may have two to three years left, depending on what he wants. If he wants to play beyond forty, well, or do we go get? Shaquan Barkley, but who knows with Cleveland, they may go after him since they got Taylor, but Yeah, exactly. The thing with Cleveland though, they get Tyrod Taylor, which I believe it was it was a one year deal. So No, they just, acquired him from Buffalo. Yeah, they acquired him from Buffalo and then they, I think they signed him to a one year deal. But then I thought Buffalo signed him to a five year deal before yeah, that. Yeah, but I think after the first year there's a I I'm see it, but I think it's a it's just uh I think it was a one year deal. I don't know, we'll see. But anyway, so they get Tyrod Taylor, but you got to think, what if Tyrod like, goes down with injury? Who's the backup? Uh, <laughs> they don't really have an accurate backup. I Honestly, I'll be very surprised if either it's pick number one or pick number four, the Browns don't at least take a quarterback. You think? Yeah, obviously. They, they, listen, because I, I, Tyrod Taylor is not the future. I mean, he's a good quarterback. I think he can like take you for at least maybe like the next year or two if he sticks around. But he's not, gonna, he's not like the long-term development, like the next like – Five ten years. He's just not the guy. Obviously, they Cleveland has done a very good job of building around the quarterback. Obviously, they got uh, Jarvis Landry. They picked up the Packers' uh, fourth and fifth round pick. Uh, they uh, also picked up the Patriots' third round pick for next year. So the Browns have done a pretty good job this offseason to at least maybe get a couple wins next year. But <laughs> but it's going to be Jeffrey, interesting. To we see what we have do. a phone call on the line. Just. How you doing? You're on Mesh Radio. Who's this? This is uh, Matthew Gizzy from Jupiter, Florida. We got Matt on the Matt Gizzy on the line. Matt, how you doing? What's up, Matt? Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, I hear you guys talking football. I like it. I like it. Thank you. Thank you. And and uh, uh, I gotta say, uh, this uh, the the free agency so far, uh, it's it's looking like it's gonna make up a pretty uh, interesting draft. I must say. It will, because a lot of teams are filling their needs. Yeah, a lot of teams are filling their needs. It's crazy. What team do you like? Uh, I'm, I'm a big Jets fan, and, uh, you know, we haven't, you know, had, had the best years for a while, but um, uh, I think uh, I think we're starting to go in the right direction. All right, so let me ask you I something real quick. Uh, sorry for interrupting right. you, but uh, right. do you think the Jets should take a quarterback at number six? Uh, no, not at all. You don't think so? Okay. Uh, I think uh, I think if I were the Jets, um, I trade up. I try and make a deal. If the Giants, if it looks like the Giants are going to take Saquon Barkley, I would try and give them a nice deal for him. Wait, are to you get s- to boost up to number two, or maybe even just de- deal with the Browns and go for that number one spot? Although that could be a hefty price. Are you suggesting that the Jets uh, and Giants should make a trade for each other? Uh. I would think that would be a 
good play. Has that or, ever happened before? You, you know. Yeah, but uh, who will we get? Who will we give you? I, I think um, I think you know that's all. That's up to the front office. But I think uh, they have guys that uh, that I think that would would fit well the Giants. That maybe the Giants might want. You know, but uh, you know it's uh, it's interesting when you have Jonathan Stewart. You know this is you know this isn't. You know, this is a a, pr- a pretty good running back we're talking about here. Yeah, he's so, good, uh, but I just don't see Jonathan Stewart as like long term future. I mean, even Pat Shermer thinks that of yesterday that he doesn't think that Stewart, while he can stay on the team, he doesn't think he's like going to be the first string running back. You have to Orleans Darker? Yeah. No, uh, no. If anything, I could see a guy like um, uh, Gallman, Will Gallman. I think he had a pretty good year last year. I mean, I don't mind making a trade with a Jets. So I'm just trying to think what we would give you and give up. Well, I think that even if the Jets aren't going to go for uh, Barkley in the first round, I still don't think you draft a quarterback in the first round. I think, um, I mean, I think uh, you got to be looking more to filling maybe one of the more, I mean, one of the other uh, needs in your lineup. Maybe, you know, secondary, you know, they just got Tremaine Jackson, so that should be a good thing. But, uh, you know, there's still more work to be done. I think you guys. Uh, 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 the offensive line as well. I think you guys uh, need a, another receiver. Uh, I think. Well, yeah. Well, we're, there's a bunch of holes that the Jets have, and these are just a few of them. Well, and uh, I think I, I think what the Jets should do at quarterback is is uh, look down maybe like you, you might be able to get a nice pick in the fourth round at, at Luke Falk. I mean, this kid, you know, you can see he's got his head on straight, and he sounds like a type of kid. He looks like the type of kid that, that can lead a ball club. And he, it seems that he's being overlooked, really. Like, his talent's being overlooked generally for, like, guys like Rosen and Darnold and, uh, you know, Mayfield. But, I mean, this is, you know, Tom Brady, you know, he this is a kid who, who's followed Tom Brady, you know, since, you know, whatever, he models his game after him. Well, but I think if the if the Jets, Jets could get a guy like that with his with his leadership to really lead a, a team, I think that's something that they they need. I actually got a tweet from Carmine telling me to tell you because he's listening, saying Jets need a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> well, Listen, the Jets need a miracle every year. Let's be real here. <laughs> All right, uh, well, appears we have some breaking news. You know what? Uh, it appears that Ndamukongsu officially has been released, and he is now free to sign with another team. So Ndamukongsu is uh, out at the Miami Dolphins. What a waste of contract that was. Uh, uh, that's a great question. So, Would you pick him up, Matt? Uh, well, I don't think it's really what the Jets need. And, I mean, they, they're already in their own, you know, they're already having trouble off, off the field. I don't know if adding Sue would really help. I mean, he's uh, of course, you know, he, on the field, he could be a great leader, you know. But I don't think the Jets are really need to, really need to focus on on the front end of the defense. And uh, it's more just secondary and uh, offensive line, and and uh, I guess quarterback and wide receiver, which is pretty much the whole team I just named. <laughs> That's just how bad the Jets have been, though, you know. Yeah, they need a miracle. <laughs> yeah, but I think, uh, I think every if year. you got you bring a guy like Luke Falcon, Falcon, I think you know have him. You know, don't 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 rush him in like like we've seen past QBs done, like the Browns have done with Johnny Manziel and stuff like that. Don't just take him in and put and throw him in and say, you know, lead this ball club. I think you got to work him in. Uh, I think if you still had McCown, 
you keep McCown in that system, you thing, know, he can learn a lot from him. Thing about you know, Josh McCown is really uh, work him up. Josh McCown is getting up there in age. Uh, they re-signed him for like a one-year deal. After this year, I don't know if the, he's going to call it quits or what's he going to do. But all right, I want to ask That's you something very quick, very quickly. I, mean, I just want to ask something. What's your opinion on Baker Mayfield? Uh I mean, I've seen, I've seen, I've heard comparisons to Johnny Manziel. Oh my god! And I mean, I've been hearing that a lot just, too. Give me a break. <laughs> no, Jeff, I've been hearing that a lot. Yes, too. yeah, th- th- that's ridiculous. First of all, has Johnny Manziel made mistakes in the past? Yes, obviously. But listen, Johnny Manziel has both had the prob- same type of quarterback, yes, Jeff. Yes, but they, they, Johnny Manziel has problems. Like, a lot of problems. Like, drug alcohol problems. I know that. Yeah. Baker Mayfield is different. He's he's going to grow. He's going to mature. Yeah, but they're both those small type of quarterbacks that don't have success in the National Football League. Really? That's so. Listen, did you know that Russell Wilson is smaller than Baker Mayfield? How's that going he for He had Marshawn Lynch. So what? He had Marshawn Lynch. So you go- Baker right. Mayfield goes Where have they been team? the last two years, Seattle? Where have they been? They've been to the playoffs. Well, this year? Last year? This year, no. They haven't been to the playoffs. Obviously. Yeah, they've been one and done. Boys, if I may. Yes, Matt. <laughs> I, I think, uh, you know, maybe if he was going to, if he was going to like, a, a smaller market, like a Tennessee or something like that, or like a Cleveland or, you know, so, so, but, you know, we're talking about if, if we're to have Baker Mayfield go to New York, which just looks like that's a possibility right now. I mean that that does with the ego it seems he has right now. I mean, you know, yeah, you you like seeing these guys who could who could also perform with that and back up their their mouth. But it just it, I feel like I've seen this too many times before. A kid come in, you know, ready to hot shot, but doesn't end up doing anything under the pressure, you know, and can't can't seem to get especially his, his, in his New York. Especially off in New York. Well, off the field. Has too much to do with on the field. Well, I can confirm. This has been confirmed. This is a report that has been confirmed. But uh, Giants offensive coordinator Mike Shula is currently in Oklahoma watching Baker Mayfield at his pro day. So the Giants are at least taking a look at him. So that's, I just want to throw think, that out there. No, yeah, I think you definitely. I, I think you definitely take a look at the kid, you know. But uh, I think with with everything, a lot a lot about a lot of these quarterbacks, it comes down to just personality and not just what they can do on the field, but you know, obviously, yeah, of course, off, off the, the field, field. lead a team, you know. Exactly, yeah, and hope, and I hope that he can like stay clean and stay healthy. That's my biggest hope. If he can, I really think he could be, he can succeed in the NFL. That's the thing, though. Like, that's the thing. He has to stay healthy, like stay clean, like stay out of trouble. And I, I'm rooting for him. Like, that's just my opinion. I'm rooting for Baker Mayfield to succeed. Honestly, now if he goes to a team like the Cowboys, the Redskins, or the Eagles, I can't root for him. But if I, I I wish him well, I really do. All right, Matt. F- my final question for you is: Do you think Teddy Bridgewater could be your franchise quarterback? Uh, I mean, it, it right now it's it, it's hard to say because right now the direction's looking like Teddy Bridgewater is just maybe a little band aid on you know an overall you know, big wound that the Jets have had a, a trouble filling the past, you know, seems like, you know, a decade, really, you know, since, ever since Chad Pennington, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, they they need a lot of help. Now. I, don't, I don't know if Teddy Bridgewater, you know, I mean, the kid's very skilled. I mean, there's I don't think there's any doubting that. But uh, it's about, I guess, one thing you guys are saying, if he could stay healthy, you know, and if his knees are, are strong, 
But uh, I think, you know, when you're looking at guys, I think you got to look to the draft for, 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 for your franchise quarterback because, I mean, I just I just don't think that, y- you know, unless, you know, he turns to a different, completely different QB, I mean, I think, you know, I don't know if he's healthy enough to, 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 to perform like it seemed he might have been when he first came out. Yeah, I th- that, I, I'm glad you called because you made a lot of good points. The Jets are in that situation right now where – to build a, to, they don't. They're not ready to take on that franchise quarterback because they have a lot of, they have a lot of needs that they need to fill. A lot of needs. I think, uh, yeah. I mean, I think you're definitely you're still looking for for that quarterback in the draft. But I think, like I said, like I think you're looking. You you you, you kind of gotta avoid the, uh, the the temptation to go to one of these these big name guys just to say kind of save face in in New York. But uh. If you're really looking at, I think you look for a guy like Luke Falk. You know, uh, very talented. Uh, also, you know, he's got his head on straight. He seems very humble. He seems he, like the kind of guy who can lead a ball club instead of you know. And uh, right, you get him in the fourth round. You can use that first round pick for you know maybe offensive lineman, yeah, you know, wide receiver. He's still going to be you know, available. He opens up so much more. He's still going to be available in probably the second, third round. Yeah, I predict, I predict he'll probably go in the fourth round, but. These are just like like I said. These are uh, these are things that uh, for the first three rounds you can work look other ways. But uh, one thing I want to I want to uh, I don't know if you guys talked about it yet. I want to talk about uh, Jarvis Landry going to the Browns. Oh yeah, we and, forgot uh, to bring that up, Jeff. I did a few minutes ago. I, Jarvis Landry. I yeah, Jarvis Landry to the Browns. Yeah, that's a very I must big say, deal well, for the for the Cleveland when Browns. I first, yeah, when I first heard this, I was like. I was t- I was just thinking all every single other team in the league was probably thinking you know that's all I had to give up to get Jarvis Landry was a fourth round pick and a seventh round pick. It's like you know you it, 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 it you wouldn't think it would be an option. Yeah, well we never but, you know we never know what these GMs think. No, we never do. Obviously, uh, Cleveland Browns obviously are trying to get into the win column, and uh, obviously picking up Tyrod Taylor, Jarvis Landry. And uh, a couple of nice picks. I think uh, honestly, I think the Browns can have maybe some potential to get a few wins next year. But obviously, they still have a long way to go. I think yeah, they, they gotta even have a sniff of the playoffs. But <laughs> <laughs> I think you know with these acquisitions, I think they're off to uh, somewhat of a good start. I think uh, they'll, they'll definitely make things more interesting in that division. It, w- it will. Uh, and uh, I mean, for the Dolphins fans, I mean that just. I mean, I don't know what what. What if you? I would hate to be a Dolphins fan right now because you give away the guy who looked to like he was, you know, get the franchise cap and looks to be the franchise player and keep long term. I mean, I don't, I just don't know where you go from there with uh, the Dolphins, and it's not like they got you know three for the next three first round picks for them. You know, it's, so it's not. It it seems like uh, they're gonna they're in for some darker days. The Dolphin, the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, it's time to rebuild down in Miami, just like the Miami Marlins. Uh, it sounds like uh, <laughs> part of the rebuilding needs to be the, uh, the front office and GM. Yeah, maybe. You got to start somewhere. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talk about a fire sale for Miami Marlins. <laughs> Give a <laughs> John Carl's gone. D. Gordon's gone. Christian Yelch is gone. Basically, your big three is all gone. Um, so that they got that going for them. Don't forget. Don't forget, um, Azuna. <laughs> Azuna, um, that's right. That's right, yeah. 
Uh, who else? I think there's one other, one other big. Quick one. question uh, before I think we. Ria, Ria Muto was wasn't he with the? Yeah, no, he I think he's still them, there. Isn't he gone? He's still there. All right, quick question uh, before no, we go. Question. Quick question before we go. Uh, over under on the Marlins this year, uh, sixty wins. Uh... I think I think I think Jeter might 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 find a way to to make them at least you know somewhat give them a few and so I'll I'll give them an over with that one I'll I'll, I'll give Jeter uh, you know some yeah, credit that's, that's very kind very kind all right we gotta listen to our sponsors so uh, thanks for the call Matt all right thanks guys thanks for having me on all right no problem right, take care are we gonna talk some Devils hockey NHL right after this break. But for the citizens of Japan, the humanitarian crisis unleashed that the March 2011 earthquake is far from over. UNICEF continues to lead efforts to reestablish schooling and to ensure that child survivors are protected from harm. Teachers are receiving training in how to help children cope with the trauma of the disaster, learning how to identify signs of stress, aggression, and depression. UNICEF supports 32 childcare centers in Japan. These centers provide children with an opportunity to sing, play, draw, and tell stories, just as they would have done before the disaster. As the citizens of Japan begin to put their shattered lives back together, humanitarian aid from UNICEF and its partners will continue to play a central role in the city's recovery, today and for years to come. You are listening to the Doug Sarabo Show with your host, Doug Sarabo. back big game for the devils tonight jeffrey yes we got a critical game out for the devils this is the beginning of a uh, four game west coast trip tonight they got, got a game against the La vegas golden knights and um it was announced actually a few minutes ago that keith kincaid would officially get the start over uh cory schneider which i think says a lot about the devil's thinking right now hey you gotta go with the hot goalie listen yeah Corey Schneider just simply has not been very good since he's coming back from injury. He hasn't. No, he's been giving him very soft goals. I was at that Jets game and like, what? The, like, Corey, you're just standing there. At least try. Really? Like the uh, I look back at the game against Florida when he gives up. Like the first of all, he, I, the first goal I think wasn't his fault because he got ran into. Honestly, that should have been goaltender interference. But the second one I think goes off his back. He's in, in a into slump. the net. He's in. A, yeah, he's in. He a, went seventeen and six. He hasn't won a game since that Rangers yeah, game. He's exactly. He has. He's not in it very good right now. He's acknowledged. I think twice the past two games. He's like, oh, this game's on me. This game's on me. Well, listen. You, he's got to step up. He's got to play better. Because if the Devils want to make it to the playoffs, Corey Schneider has got to simply play better. Yes, he does. Obviously, we got Sonny from Monroe on the line. Sonny, how you doing? Yeah. How you doing? You're on MessingRadio.com. 
Yeah, how you doing? This is Sonny from Monroe. I'm listening to your show, and you guys sound really, really good out there. I just wanted to talk to you guys about uh, about the doubles and everything, and Corey Schneider and Kincaid, and I just think the way Kincaid is going, you know, you got to go with the hot goalie, so I agree with you, but what do you guys do, you know, once the season starts? With the postseason? Well, it's the playoff start. What are you doing in the playoff start? Well, first of all, the Devils got to make it there first. They're only three points ahead of Florida Panthers. The Panthers are, even though they lost Monday night, they have been, I think, the hottest team in the NHL right now. They've won, I think, eight of the last ten games. So they, they got to hold off the Panthers. they got to hold off the Blue Jackets. So, honestly, if Corey Schneider does not improve, that's the Devils do make the playoffs. Let's say that. Because right now, I say it's not guaranteed. But they do make the playoffs. And if Corey Schneider has not improved, I think you got to go Kincaid. Haven't well, I agree with you, too. I agree with you, too. I think you got to go with Kincaid because you got to go with the guy that's going to get you to the playoffs. And if he gets you to the playoffs, then you got to stay with him in the playoffs. You just can't, you know, say, well, Corey's my, yeah, you know, my older guy, my older guy, and I stay with him. Yeah, you, you, if your Devils make the playoffs, you can't go uh, Kincaid Schneider, Kincaid Schneider. It's either one or the other. It's simple enough. It happened with Pittsburgh with Florian Murray. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Flurry, uh, he will get the start tonight for the Golden Knights. Uh, I also have uh, just seen this, so it'll be Kincaid versus uh, Flurry tonight. Uh, Devils and for Golden Knights. Good matchup. It is a good matchup. Uh, Flurry has been very, uh, very good lately. Um, he did play against the Devils uh, a couple weeks ago, and he was very, very good in that game. So uh, they got to get to Kincaid, uh, not Kincaid uh, get to Flurry early, and um, I think it's going to be a good game tonight. What's your final score? I well, obviously, I'm hoping for a doubles victory. <laughs> I say three-two in overtime. You think it's going to overtime? Well, if we can avoid overtime, that'd be great. But I hope the Devils can eke out a victory here. Obviously, they're going to a very tough building. Uh, Vegas is twenty-four-seven and two at home, so they're all, virtually almost unbeatable at home. And uh, it's it's very it's very uh, very tough environment. But I think the Devils. Hopefully, if I hope the Devils win tonight. If they do, I say they'll win. I say two to one. Two to one. Yeah. And I ho- I'm looking also for t- uh, Taylor Hall to get back in the uh, scoring sheet. Obviously, twenty uh, was it? I think it was a 26 game point streak he had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 26 game. It was snapped a couple games ago. So uh, we're hoping to get him, get him back in the scoring column. What team do you like, Sonny? Well, you guys know I'm a big Flyers fan and everything. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're looking pretty good and stuff right now. And the, my, I guess my week, the guy they got, he's looking pretty good for them, too. So it's going to come down, I think, no matter who's in the playoffs, it's going to come down to who has the best goalie. And, uh, you, know, with, you know, goalie and defense win, win games for you and stuff. So that's what it's going to come down to. Both is good, and the Caps go up there late. The, the, the Caps have, have a good shot and everything. But I'd like to ask a question to, uh, to you guys, double fans. Like, we're talking about Florian and everything. And Florian is, is a great goalie and stuff, and... He hit his 400th win the other night, and he is kind of younger than Marty Bordeaux. And Florey has played for quite a few more years. Do you think Florey has a chance to, to break Marty's record? As a goalie, you know, there'll never be another Marty Bordeaux as long as, you know, there's hockey and stuff. Marty was Marty. But do you think Florey has a chance, anybody in this, in this chance has a chance to break their record? No. <laughs> uh, listen, first, Marty is virtually untouchable. All right. He has virtually every record in the book, three Stanley Cups. He is he is literally the greatest goaltender of all time. There is no any. I will go up against anybody who says otherwise. First of all, I have people telling me that I've actually seen on TV that Flor. I've seen like 
Henrik Lundqvist is the greatest goaltender of all time. Are you kidding me? Henrik Lundqvist has zero Stanley Cups. He can win all the games he wants, but he has that big fat zero in the Stanley Cup ranks. So before you come out and tell me that Henrik Lundqvist is one, the greatest goaltender of all time, give me a break. So <laughs> I will literally go up against anybody telling me that Marty Brodeur is, is going to be overtaken or is like, nah, nah it's, it's not happening, dude. You got to play. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not saying that he's going to be overtaken. I, I agree with you with the Rangers and everything. Lundqvist is all, is all the Rangers just have and everything. And that's, that's their God, Lundqvist, for the Rangers fans. That's their, that's their Marty Brodeur. But what I'm saying to you, I'm, as a hockey fan, I don't think anybody's ever going to be as good as Marty Brodeur. But do you think, you know, Florida's got 400 wins. Do you think Florida can, can catch up to Marty? Or can a goalie in the future, in the next few years, catch up to Marty to break his winning record? That's what I'm asking you guys. Not at all. You gotta, if you want to do that, you have to come into the league at 18 like Marty did. Half these, half these uh, stars start at 22, 23. Dad, you got to look at the fact that Marty played for, was it 25 years, right? He was in the league for 25 years? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a very long time. So, any goaltender wants to get started, Captain uh, Marty, uh, better start quick. And you got a long <laughs> way to go. Long way. 692 credits. Uh, well, how old is Flurry? Ain't Flurry like in his early 30s? Uh, around there. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist? No, Flurry. Oh, Flurry. Okay, Flurry. Uh, obviously, he's like thirty something. Yeah, he's a, he's in his late. He's, I think he's in his late thirties. But Flurry's a Hall of Famer. He's a, he's a very good um goaltender. But I he's not he's not catching Brodeur. Let's, yeah, no one is. Let's let's cut to the chase here. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm like them because they were saying that the other night because I think they said he's only thirty four years old. So what's he like? A couple, what? About, well, like I think, what, like maybe 280 wins away from Marty? Marty ended up with how many? 692. All right, so realistically, he's 300 wins away. So what he would have to do really is, you know, if he could win 40 games a year for the next, what, seven, eight years, then, yeah, he has a chance to break it. But who knows if he's going to play that long. Yeah, it's going to depend on his health. It's going to depend on, you know, like what teams he's with. Uh, first of all, Marc-Andre Fleury is 33 years old. So, actually, he can uh, – you got to stay in the league for about, I say maybe another ten years or so. Yes, I mean he's got a chance to break it. You know, no, I mean he'll never be nobody else will be Marty Bedard. You know, no. I've seen him play many, many great games at the Rock and, and at the you know Burn and Burn Arena, and I've seen him play many, many great games uh, against the Flyers. And I'm a big Flyer fan, but I love watching Marty Bedard. That's why we would have we would have So, guys, it's been a pleasure talking right, and everything, and I really like listening to your show. Talk to you guys later. All right, have a good All right one. thank you. So I want to get to that the point what I said with uh, Kovalchuk before, right? I don't think I will cry if he's on the Rangers. No, I don't <laughs> think I'm happy he left because I don't think we would be where we are today without him. Well, let's we would not have Taylor Hall, we would not have Nico Heischer, we would not have Kyle Palmieri. That that's very true. Obviously, the when I first saw that he left, obviously I felt like disgusted, maybe even a little betrayed because he signs that. Excuse me, record contract almost gets the Devils bankrupt as a result of it, and I mean, who knows where the Devils could be right now if that contract went through? But honestly, yeah, without if Kovalchuk left, obviously there's a positive that came out of it. Yeah, we got Taylor Hall, Nico Heischer, we got uh, you know a lot of great young talent now on this Devils team. Uh, we have a we actually have a tweet from uh, Carmine. Uh, give credit to the teams in front of Brodor. Give credit to the teams in front of Brodor. Obviously, yeah, but Brodeur, somebody has to make the saves. Yeah, Brodora obviously was with a very good Devils team. Uh, so it's 
Very, very. He's a very honestly. He's good, the greatest goaltender of all time, and there is nobody else that can overtake him. So moving forward, who would if we make the playoffs? Who do you want to face? Well, let's see. I would say, well, let's see. Tampa Bay is currently number one seed. We're most right? likely going to have one of the wild cards. Yeah. Well, yes, we're most likely going to have one of the wild cards <laughs> unless Pittsburgh and Philly struggle. Yeah, let's see. Let's see. We have about 12, 13 games to go, I think, for each team. So, right now, I would say. Do you want to see? Because most likely, I think we'll have the wild card. Right. Do you want to see Washington or Tampa Bay? Well, if Washington, Washington's cursed, they always get out in the first round anyway. So, that'd be great. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I mean, we've held our own against Tampa Bay this year. I mean, I remember the game where we go down to. They went down to Tampa Bay, and Eddie Lack, backup goaltender. Had a 48 save game, and they beat the they beat the Lightning. So that was obviously a big confidence booster. So Devils showed me that they can go down to Tampa Bay against the best team in the league and and beat them. So obviously, it's, it's will it be tough? Yes, but do I think they can do it? That's up in the air. Honestly, I I wouldn't mind like seeing like maybe play Tampa Bay. Like, what do you think? What I want to see is the Capitals, right? Because. Yeah. <laughs> Because they get out the first think, round every year? No, because second round they do. <laughs> second, eh, first, second round, either way. Because I think Braden Hope is not in his game right now. Right. And I think that we've shown that we could play with them. We have shown that, yeah. So We played well against them the, la- the last time at the Rock. We did. And, and the Capitals aren't – they are winning games, but they're not the best where they've been. Hopi's ear goals against average is at 2.9 2.92. Right, I so think we could beat Holpi. I think uh, that's that's very good. I, I really like think that, we yeah. could beat Holpi. I think we I think it's like we have a really good shot. Obviously, we, we have can't the, look we ahead. We have a chance. We have a chance. First of all, we got to make it to the playoffs first. I know this is a very tough stretch that Devils have coming up. Uh, I believe the the final they have thirteen games to go, and I think at least nine of them are currently in possession of a playoff spot right now. So. They have a very tough stretch coming any up. Any team could win on any ge- given day in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. It's so, a new season. It's a, br- a whole new season. Every all the stats go out the window. It's a whole new season. New so, season. Obviously, we got to get there first. I'm confident they they can get there. So obviously, I would, maybe the Tampa Bay. They have you know they at least show they can beat them in Tampa Bay. So they have your shot there. Brandon hoping for the Capitals not playing well. So either way, it could be it could go any way. So uh, it's it's feeling nice. It's spring, right? Well, let's see. We just had our what's it, our third nor'easter, <laughs> and then I see. Uh, I kid you not. I saw this morning. We may have a fourth oh coming coming <laughs> next yeah, Tuesday. You know where I'm trying to go. <laughs> Baseball season. Yes, but first, baseball is coming back. We'll be right back, Jeff. We gotta go to a commercial. Let's do it. <laughs> I think that was a really emotional night for everybody. Uh, it was the last game of the season, and obviously we were out of the playoffs, but um, there was a certain buzz uh, around the game and the beginning of April, and the game didn't really mean much. It, it meant a lot to us to, to send Patty out the right way, and um, I think it was might have been the last shift of the game that I was just able to, to take a turnover and find him in front, and it was actually me returning the favor. I think he assisted on, on my goal uh, a couple minutes before that. so. It's pretty cool to, to be able to say you assisted on the last one. Um, 
I'm sure he's got a couple more memorable ones, but uh, for me, that's a, that's a pretty special moment. It was my first the first NHL game. It was Slot's game of the season. So uh, playing with him, especially playing with him in the line the whole game, and you know him having the last goal of the season too, it was it was great. And you know, had uh, never going to forget that forget that moment. And I'm really lucky to play with him for one game. Hi, you. Yes, you. I'm Henry Lopez. And let me share my story. I'm like you. I'm a son, a husband, a student, a hard-working man. And because of that, I always look what's best for my family and me. But first, I have to feel that I'm reaching my goals and be happy doing what I love to do. And when you do that, believe me, it feels like you own the world. That's why I enrolled in the Connecticut School of Broadcasting, the oldest group of communication schools in the country. Because for me, there's no better way to learn than learn by doing with an intense hands-on training. 11 campuses nationwide and strong ties to main media companies, it will help you achieve your dreams and happiness. Call 1-800-TV-RADIO and start your life in this amazing and passionate world of broadcasting. Day and evening classes that fits your schedule are available. I'm Henry Lopez. I own the world now. Thanks, Connecticut School of Broadcasting. This is a sports update brought to you by CSB. In the NFL, the new NFL league year officially has begun at 4 p.m. The Giants and Jets making a lot of trade moves today. Giants signing a veteran running back Jonathan Stewart, while also signing veteran left tackle Nate Soldier. The Jets signing a quarterback Josh McCown to a one-year deal and bringing Teddy Bridgewater as his backup. In the NHL, both the Devils and Rangers are back in action tonight after having Tuesday off. Rangers are facing the Penguins at 8, while the Devils travel to Las Vegas to take on the Golden Knights at 10. In the NBA, the Knicks lost their eighth straight game, losing to the Dallas Mavericks 110-97. They have now lost 16 of the last 17 games. The Nets lost to the uh, Toronto Raptors 116-102. In baseball, the, Baltimore, uh, the Miami Marlins are uh, beating the Mets 5-1, in the, being 5-1, while the Orioles are beating the Yankees 7-4. This is the Sports Update. I'm Jeffrey Burns, brought to you by CSB. We are back, and now it's time to talk some Major League Baseball. Oh, baseball's back, baby. Oh, it's going to be a great year. <laughs> yeah, I know that. You think Chad Green's elite? Uh, no, it's a... Uh, how many times have I told you? Listen, Chad Green has potential. He's not up there yet. He's getting there. Last year was his best year, but he's he's got he's got a little ways to go before we call him, like, elite. So it's, it's feel, it feels pretty good right now because all the free agencies are starting to pick up. We got... Yeah. Arietta to the Phillies. Arietta's uh, now in the Phillies. Uh, Neil Walker just signed with the Yankees. Uh, he's likely going to be their second baseman now. That's actually that's a good pickup for the for the Yankees. So we got all these teams signing moves. But what I want to do for this segment of this show is something that we all look forward to: predictions. Right. A lot of big offseason moves, Jeffrey. <laughs> all right. So obviously, a lot of people think with the addition of John Carlos Stanton to the Yankees, Yankees are the Obvious favorites to win, to win the World Series. Me as a Yankees fan, obviously, I think that too. But <laughs> to be, in all honesty, though, I it, it's got to be the Houston Astros because the Astros coming off a World Series year, everybody's coming back. Uh, yeah, you, you know, you got uh, Jose Altuve, Garrett Cole. Yeah, oh, that's, I was just about to mention him. Garrett Cole is a huge addition to that pitching staff. Last year with Pittsburgh, have I think had one of his best years ever with Pittsburgh. 
and already added to a, a loaded uh, pitching staff. Justin Verlander also on there. So Houston, I think, is capable of another 100-win season this year. What I like doing is surprise teams, and I think a lot of people you know, have team – a lot of people are surprised when teams succeed that they don't really expect. You could say the same thing about the Devils this year. Yeah, exactly. Right. You could say for baseball, the Philadelphia Phillies. The Philadelphia Phillies actually have had a really good offseason. They just pick up Jake Arrieta, so that's going to add to their pitching staff. Got a new manager coming in. So the Phillies, uh, I don't know if they're going to be there this year. I think it's still going to be like a rebuilding be, year. I, I think they'll be fighting for a wild card. I, I Carlos think, Santana, that's a huge bat for them. It is a huge plus. I agree with that. Do I think that they can like go to the playoffs and like make a run? They'll be close. I think they'll come close. They'll I think they're going to be a. I think they'll be a 500 win team this year. Or over. I think. I think Jake Arrieta is going to be a huge, a huge piece for this team. That was that's a big pickup for for the Phillies. And, and Lance Lynn also joined the Twins, so a lot of pitchers went and went this past a uh, few weeks. But this is what Jake Arietta had to say at his introduction uh, yesterday in the city of brotherly love. The message that, that I want to really send to not only the players, but, you know, Philadelphia in general and the entire, entire uh, Phillies nation is that what we're going to do here is we're going to promise a fight. We're going to have conviction, we're going to fight, and we're going to win. I couldn't be happier to be a Philly. So could be, couldn't be happier right. to be a Philly? I mean, <laughs> well, obviously, look, yeah, I think the he Philly said it is right. a, we're going to fight. Yeah, we're going to fight. I think I think the I think they're capable of having a good year. I think if they I don't think the NL East, but I think a wild card I think is where they're going to be at if if they can get there. They're going to I think they're going to fight and they're going to surprise people. They're not going to be the best, but they're going to be competing at least cuz last the last few years they competed and they fell apart. Right, they fell apart. I mean, they, they had a good run. They led in first, like March, and then they not like May, and they fell apart. Well, keyword. Well, May is like the very beginning of the season, and then they fell apart. But yeah, like towards yeah, June, well, July, and then they started to like bring up young guys and have them play the yeah. rest of the season. Uh, one one thing I do want to mention though, what's something about the Yankees? Obviously, the addition of John Carlos Stanton was obviously generated so much buzz in New York. A lot of Yankee fans think, oh, now basically it's like World Series or bust. I mean, but. This Yankees team really has great potential to be a good one. The thing they have to do this year, I will say this though, a couple of like side effects. They have to cut down like on the strikeouts. That's Absolutely with those guys you have with to. With Aaron Judge, John Carlos Stanton, Gary Sanchez, like their biggest problem last year was strikeouts, especially for Aaron Judge cuz the entire month of August he was like striking out every single game. I think it was like 37 straight games he went with a strikeout. So they they have to cut down the stri- on the strikeouts, and you know one all this on one thing I will say though is that the Yankees pitching staff obviously like they can be good they're good like Severino is good but uh, one person I will have to say I'm keeping my honest here is uh, Tanaka because Tanaka would basically have like a great start this year like he would have like a great start like he would go seven innings twelve strikeouts. And it was like a truly a great start. But then the very next start, he would give up like five runs in the first inning. So he has to stay consistent. That's the thing I would say. I, I mean, uh, Gary Sanchez has to be better behind the plate. But honestly, I, if they can like fix those problems, the Yankees have really a great chance of making it back to the World Series. I think they have a really good chance of making it back. You're looking at me weird. 
No, I, was, <laughs> I wasn't about to say something, but I forgot. Is there a team that you will you expect to not perform well? Uh, team not to perform well. The uh, the Rays. <laughs> you really have to bring that up, right? <laughs> well, look, I mean, I, I I just don't see. Obviously, the the American League East. I would say this though, like uh, the they, Rays are building a good core. The Rays are rebuilding. I think they got. I know they got rid of Longoria, Souza, Dickerson, but I mean, they they acquired some young prospects. Christian Arroyo. Was I think it's going to take time for those prospects to come. I know, I, I don't. I don't think this year. Maybe 2019. I'll say that the Rays could get it to like at least maybe at least like a wild card chance. What are you smiling about? 2019. 2019. I don't. I I, I don't see it for the Rays this year. Yeah, but what else is in 2019 that you're trying to tell me? Well, I, I don't. Know, what am I trying to tell you? I don't know. You're smiling. Well, I can't smile. All right, I'm, I'm going to frown. What were you smiling about? <laughs> You're trying to tell me. All something. right, listen. Oh, I know exactly what I'm going to try to tell you. All right. What? I think there's a very good chance that the uh, Yankees are going to go out and get a prospect. Uh, not a prospect. What am I talking about? Of, of a player by the name of Bryce Harper. Oh my God! Please don't start <laughs> listen. You're not getting Bryce Harper. If Bryce Harper comes You're not to the Yankees, right, where, where's you think he's going to stay in Washington? Washington or Chicago? Who's going to afford him? Washington or Chicago? Chicago. They're going to pay him $400 million? No one will pay him that. Really? That's what he's going to ask for. I know, but no one's going to pay it. Yeah, really? He's you, not going to the Yankees. The Yan- Where is he going to fit on the Yankee roster? Where is he going to fit? You have Judge. You have Hicks. You have Stanton. It's called DH. Gardner. It's called DH. You switch everyone out. You have no, Your Look. roster's filled. You have no room for Harper. Which is why somebody has to go. But you're not getting Harper. Uh, what, how do you know? Why what, is it what makes you think? Why we, is it guaranteed, Jeffrey? I'm a, who said Please. it's guaranteed? All you Yankee fans. Oh, Bryce Harper. We're winning the World Series in 2019. Bryce Harper, come I, our way. I we did got not you. say we're winning the World Series in 2019. Yankee. All I'm saying is All that Yankee fans the Yankees general. are going to go after Bryce Harper this next year. No, they're year. not. Yes, that, why not? They're not. Right, who? What? You actually, they're, they're going to go after him. Yeah, Why but he's not going they? there. How do you know? Because you don't know what's going to happen. You in don't the know future. what he's thinking. You don't know what's going to happen in the future. You don't know what's going to happen in the future either. Apparently, you guys have Manny Machado. You guys also had Jose Fernandez in your starting all right, First of all, I, I don't believe any of that stuff. I'm not going to go out there and say we get Manny Machado because as much as I would love that Manny Machado, uh, he's going to go wherever he wants to go. But listen, I, I'll believe it when I see it with Manny Machado. A lot of people said we weren't going to get John Carlos Stanton, and here he is. He went. He got rid of his no-trade clause to come to the Yankees. Yeah, because he had a connection with Derek Jeter. Oh, give me a break. He had connections with no, Derek Jeter. No, he didn't. Derek Jeter was only there for like two, three months. And he and then he traded into the Yankees. First I of all, thank you, Derek Jeter. I guarantee you, Jeter got a bonus from the Yankees organization. Yeah, for yeah. This. No, no, no. I guarantee he, you. He has no connections to the Yankees anymore. He's now fully with the Marlins. The more he listen, I don't believe it. I don't, you don't believe, believe it. Harper. All right, where's your evidence? My evidence? Yeah. If the all right. if the Yankees get Bryce Harper, what will happen? Tell me. That's a super team. Then they're gonna win the World Series for like the next ten years. Oh my, God, that's <laughs> not gonna happen. <laughs> now listen, it's gonna it's gonna be tough. Honestly, wherever Bryce Harper goes, that's gonna be that's gonna be where his business. All right, so let's stick to business. Yeah. Who is your surprise player, breakout player? One player I'm very – I'm actually really excited about um, this new uh, Japanese player, Shohei Otani from the Angels. This is a guy who comes from Japan, first year in the MLB, and he's going to come in. He's gonna, he's a pitcher and a hitter at the same time. He's like an icon in Japan. So I think he has great potential to, like, bolster up that uh, the pitching staff whenever they need him, and, they, and whenever they need him to hit, he can come and hit. So he's like – he's he can, he can pitch, he can hit. 
He's a guy I'm actually very excited to see this year. You want to know who my breakout player is? Who is it? Matt Harvey. Matt Harvey? You think he's going to come back? I think so with this with Mickey Galloway as his manager. I think so. Mickey Calloway? Mickey Calloway. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. All right. Because being in New York and hearing the media saying, oh, Matt Harvey's done. Matt Harvey can't do this. Well, it's going to be – this is his bounce back year. Well, He's thing, working with a new pitching staff, new manager. It's – Well, the thing about Matt Harvey and the he, Mets he's is – He's going to bounce back. I believe the Mets rotation is going to bounce back. I One thing about the Mets, they have to stay healthy. That's, if, that's if they why wanna, they went to the World Series in 2015. Yeah, they have to stay healthy. Because of their healthy rotation. Like, we saw like, Noah Syndergaard, I, I just saw he's going to be the opening day starter. So, he see like the team just keeps getting hit with the injury bug. I mean, they, you know, they got a whole new staff now and everything. If everybody comes back healthy, I think the Mets can actually be a contender this year, and they, I think they could go. I think they could get at least ninety wins if everybody could stay healthy. Like obviously, Noah has to bounce back. Matt Harvey, he has to bounce back. But Mickey Callaway, so far, he's shown. I'll, I'll give him some credit. He's shown good leadership. Uh, you know, I'm very interested to see what Todd Frazier can do for the uh, for the Mets because last year with the Yankees he had very good leadership role. So I'm they're going to bounce back. I just want to show you this clip of uh, what Mickey had to say in his first spring tra- sp- first spring training press conference, and I'll give you my opinion on it. They look to their left and they look to their right and they know they can contend. Um, we have the players to do it. It's, it's become very evident in my short time here in Port St. Lucie. I've been here for about two weeks, maybe just a little over. I have now spent some time with our coaching staff. I've spent time with our players. It is very evident that we are prepared in every way to go out there and do something special. If we do not do things, it's going to be on me. The front office has gotten us the players. The coaching staff is the best coaching staff in the big leagues. I mean, you sit there and you talk to all these guys. They're going to hold guys accountable for what they do. We're going to implement routines and structure. And if everybody, every player that I've talked to has come in and all they do is want to win and they want to go out there and do whatever it takes. And when you get a group like that, you can do something special. And if we don't do something special with the things we have in place, it's going to be on the leadership of that. And that's going to be on me. And I'm going to work tirelessly every day for each and every one of them to be the best I can be and help them be the best they can be. See, that's a manager. What, are we doing yoga? I mean, <laughs> that's the manager. He believes in his team. He's not going to expect them all just because he's Noah Syndergaard to – throw perfect game after perfect game he ex- he's gonna he under he said this his first uh, his uh introduction that he knows they're human beings and if they mess up he's not gonna go out and co- uh complain to them all why you do this why you do that yeah he, i mean he uh, respects his players and he knows that they have what it takes and he needs to get do he put them out in the best position to uh achieve i mean yeah that's what you, obviously that's what you want in a manager i mean you could say and I, I know a lot of people were critical of like the hiring of Aaron Boone I was actually I'll be honest I was at first but Aaron Boone has like a lot of knowledge of the game he and Mickey Calloway actually very similar in their style because they care about the players they want to like get to know the players very well like if the player says something like they'll listen like they'll get what they need so I I think Mickey Calloway is a is a good fit for the Mets Uh, I think Aaron Boone's a good fit for the Yankees I mean now given the way 
Like I've seen him in his managerial role. But, uh, you know, now this is only spring training. Obviously, we got to see what they do in the regular season. But uh, I think I think both the uh, Yankees fans and, honestly, I think Mets fans should be excited to see what the, what comes up this season. What's your uh, World Series matchup that you think may happen? Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about this in March? No. <laughs> hey, you got to make predictions, man. Well. It's all part of this job. I know. I, of course it is. I know. <laughs> Whether we're right or wrong, you always you always Listen, obviously, the Yankees have the team, I think. If they can, like, stay healthy, stay consistent, if the pitching gets better, like, if they don't – if they cut down the strikeouts and mistakes, I think they can go to the World Series. I really do. I, I'm not saying that as, like, a Yankees fan. That's what I truly believe. I mean, I'm not like saying I'm not saying, like being biased or anything. I like certain people, but I'm not saying being biased. But I'm not. Uh, it's I think the Yankees have a great shot of going back to the world of going back to the World Series. And for the West, I would say I think the Los Angeles Dodgers too. The Dodgers. Honestly, yeah, I, Yankees Dodgers matchup I think would be something that people want to see. But that's just me. Who wins? Uh, who do you <laughs> think wins? Who do you? Uh, yeah, I think the Yankees win. I think the Yankees win in, I'll say seven. Seven. MVP? I think MVP? Uh, let's see. MVP, I would go, depending on like his uh, style of play, I, I'll, I'm, I'll pick a surprise. I say Didi Gregorius. Didi? Yeah. Listen, Didi had his best season last year. He, If you want to talk about a guy who stayed consistent at both in the batter's box and in the field, Didi was the guy. I mean, I remember that wild card game. Yankees down three nothing the first, and D hitting that three run home run, getting the place going, and then the same thing against the Indians in Game Five of the uh, division series. D hit two home runs in that game and basically put the game away for them. So, I think D if he can have another solid year, look out. I think he has a solid chance of being World Series MVP. Wow. All right. So, uh, I'm gonna take you back. A few years, right? To 1986. Uh, I, oh, I think I know where you're going with this one. The World Series was a team from Boston and a team from New York. A team from Boston and a team from New York. Talk about the uh, you talk about the Red Sox and the Mets. Yeah. Any chance? Okay, so you think it's going to be? Uh, I think it's going to be the Boston Red Sox because I like the addition of JD Martinez. I think Chris Sale is going to be unbelievable again. I think Craig Kimball's going to close out their games. I think their young guys are going to step up. Benetetti, DeVeres, hopefully Pedroia has a bounce back here. Bogarts, and hopefully David Price bounce backs, bounce back, bounces back. And the Mets are going to go to the World Series, and I'll tell you why. Why? Because their pitching staff is the best pitching staff in baseball when healthy. You saw it in 2015. But I actually will say I I actually do kind of agree with you. If if they could stay healthy, if they stay healthy, if they, they stay have healthy. the best rotation in baseball, I honestly I the best. I think I I agree with that. To be honest with you, I mean, as great as like the Yankees pitching staff is and with, with Severino Mickey Galloway as their manager, he's he was the pitching coach in in uh, Cleveland. In Cleveland, all right, yeah. And so you saw what happened in 2016 with that Indians staff. Yeah, they you were saw good. What he did with Andrew Miller, they were good. So, I'm telling you, I, was, I will. Not, I tell people all, that all the time. The Mets. I think the Mets will surprise a lot of people this year. I mean, I I really do. Trust me, when they stay healthy, they 
they compete. And we saw that in 2015. Yeah, I... I, I they got dominated. They dominated the National League East. Then they dominated the Cubs. The Dodgers first round, Cubs second round. And you know what Joe Maddon said in 2016 when someone, in, someone asked him this question? I hope I could find the audio clip. What was different? What's different? What is different about this NLCS facing the Dodgers? You know what he told the, the person? What did he tell him? We don't have to face the Mets pitching rotation. So what does that tell you, Jeffrey? Well, what does that tell me? Let's see. What was that quote made? What was that quote made? Like, is that 2016? Okay, that was 2016. Yeah, this but is 2018. But yeah, I'll, listen, I'll, I'm, I'm, listen, Jeffrey, 2007. He said this is what he said. I think it was last. Because I agree with you. I'm saying yeah. This is what he said. This is what I Joe Madden said. You. We don't have to face the Mets pitching staff this time in the NLCS. Yes, I'm saying I agree with so you. So what does that tell you? What that tells me is that they have a solid pitching staff. Yeah, I think I'm saying I agree with you. I think the Mets, if they could stay healthy, have like the best pitching staff in all of baseball. So why are you saying, oh, that was in 2016? Same players. Well, let's get the key here. 2016, they were healthy. 2017, they were completely dismantled by injuries. We don't know what's going to happen in 2018. Anything can happen. I know that, but I'm just saying, if they're healthy, they have the best rotation in baseball. Yeah, that's, it. that's what I'm saying, too. Why don't you understand that? I do understand that. What I'm saying is that like that was like 2016. I'm saying anything can happen. We don't know what the, how healthy they're going to stay be because anything can happen. Well, I know that, but come on. Admit it. Admit what? That the Mets had the best rotation when healthy. I just did. Thank you. Like five times. Thank you, Jeffrey. Oh my gosh, Doug, where where have you been? <laughs> no, because the way you like bring it out, I was like, oh, they don't. No, the Doug. I'm saying that even as a Yankees fan, this is coming from a Yankees fan. I am saying that the Mets have possibly the best pitching staff in baseball. I've seen the Mets pitching staff. They are lights out. They are good. But if they can't stay healthy, then they're not so good. Right? Yeah, you're right, but I just want to make sure we're clear on it. Yes, I, I, I hope we're clear, all right? <laughs> I just, I'm just glad you got that. No, no I, I, I got all you, right. Doug. Don't worry. I, I got you. I got you. We're good. All right. We're, we're solid. Okay, we're solid. <laughs> so we're going to take another quick commercial, and then we'll be right back. Beautiful day of hockey for little Johnny and his friends until... Daddy! What's the matter, son? I got into a fight during a hockey game. We need to get you some help right away. Playing a sport like hockey gives you a risk of losing your teeth or a black eye. And if you ever face a situation like that, you can head to Riverside Dental Health, where they offer emergency care. And boy, does that help little Johnny right now. Contact. 201-488-8228 or visit our website at RiversideDentalHealth.com Riverside Dental Health located on the opposite side of Riverside Square and Home Depot or contact 201-488-8228 You are listening to the Doug Sarabo Show with your host, Doug Sarabo. We didn't start the fire. Da 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 da. All right, Jeffrey. So in the final half of this show, I think we need to have a 
debate, and you brought this up in the car right here. You mentioned that the NFL owners are having their meeting this week. And tell everyone what you decided to tell me. All right, so, All right, so basically what's going to happen, the NFL owners are going to be meeting, uh, I believe it was around March 25th, the meeting start. And one of the hot topics that's going to be brought up at this meeting is players kneeling for the national anthem. And there have been a lot of discussions about oh, players should, should players stand, should players kneel, like should players execute their amendment rights to protest. Well, over the past uh, couple of weeks, in fact, I think just like a little over a week ago, the Miami Dolphins owner uh, basically said all all of his players will stand and they will basically like it. And then the, there was a report out also that the Houston Texans aren't willing to sign players who kneel for the national anthem. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna say this flat out. Listen, I will always stand for the national anthem. Like Thank I you. yeah, I will always honor America. I will always honor the men and women who paid the ultimate sacrifice to protect our freedoms. But in that respect, I also respect the person's First Amendment right to protest. Uh, obviously, listen, you don't have to like it, but it's the, it's a person's right to protest. And what I'm saying is... This is where everybody contradicts themselves. <laughs> this is where all the hypocrites look, come out. The, oh, oh it's now, now I'm a hypocrite. All right, look. Maybe if our, a certain president didn't say uh, a few words about players, then these protests wouldn't be out of control. It's not his fault. It's not his fault? No. So Donald Trump goes down to Alabama, and basically where you know he's going to get a friendly reception, and he decides to call NFL players sons of bitches. Like, and you're okay with this? Like, look, Donald Trump, All right, President Trump. So if people don't know what happened, let's, let me play the quote for them. Wouldn't you love to see one of these NFL owners when somebody disrespects our flag to say, get that son of a off the field right now, out, he's fired. He's fired! All right, so and you you honestly have no problem with that. So no, I don't. No, no, these comments. I don't have a problem. You don't with have that. a problem with that. No. So, so th- listen, these not comments were not made by a fan and not made by some random person. This came from the president of the United States. Now listen, I so? understand. I think he's very patriotic and he wants to stand for everybody to stand for how the it flag. is. Listen, I understand that, but you can't just tell players to stand up and call them sons of bitches. He's calling. He's so, so you can't. You just can't, you're the Jeffrey, president of the United States. What does that have to do with it? What well, has to do with it? People got angry, and these protests are now what out of control. What does that have to do with it? That he's the president of the United States. Please, he's the leader of the free world. People are looking up to him to say the right words, and they're actually is like, he the pope? No, he's not the pope. So why does it matter? Why does it matter? Because people look up to him. Yeah, and I look up to him too. Yeah, and you're, you're, you totally stand by those comments? Yes, I do, because you know why? It's about time that we have someone that isn't afraid to call people out for their nonsense. Their nonsense. So executing the First Amendment is a nonsense? He's not. So he's not. So basically, players Can who I kneel s- say, get them off the field, you're fired. Yeah, why not? If I'm an owner and I don't like what someone's doing. It's called free speech, Doug. Don't matter. My don't team. matter. I own the team. I own the team? I own the team. So if they- I don't. So they could sue for a million dollars, claim, oh, they're fired because I protested my First Amendment right. All right, but when Tim Tebow prays, it's, um, it's completely wrong. Listen, what they did to Tim Tebow was wrong. I'll admit it's, that. It's wrong. What team t- it's, it's What's wrong is what Tim... No, wait. What Tim Tebow did is wrong. He can't be praying on the field. You know why? Because in this country, people don't want to admit it, but we have Christian phobia in this country. <laughs> Christian phobia. Yes, we do. Listen, as a Christian, I'm a Christian myself, but... 
Listen, I, I have seen the news recently. Yes, there has been bias. But look, people have their rights to protest. But I mean, why? as much as I hate to say it, well, I mean, because they... they I, Can I ask you a question? What? Why are they doing it now? Why are they doing it now? Because of Trump's comments. This all... I know. understand. This all started when Obama was president. Yes. All this stuff happened with Barack Obama. Yes. This all started so when Obama not, was president. Why not protest when Obama was president? Because he, you look up him as a god? No. Why do it now? Because you're... Is it because you're still mad that Trump is your president? Listen, yes. There, there are, are people... Are you still, still mad, mad that he's it, your president? Am I mad? No, I'm saying in general. No, listen. There are a lot of people out there who are th- are mad that he's still president. Why? I don't know. Listen, get over it. But look, all I'm saying is that we have to, uh, we can disagree all we want, but we have to at least respect the first a person's First Amendment. I can but res- not during the national anthem. I mean, yes. I listen. Obviously, I would love to do it differently, and I w- I can wish I they could do it differently. Can I say something to you? What? I'm a devil season ticket holder. Okay. And I've noticed this every single game. When they play the national anthem, everybody stands, right? Right. Every hockey player stands. And they're from different countries. Canada, Sweden, Switzerland, you name it. Czech Republic, Slovakia, Slovenia. Yes. And guess what? And I'm glad they respect our our country. They They don't leave their spot when the anthem's over. They leave when the flag leaves. Yes, I, I've been in doubles game. I've noticed that too. And they I, leave I, when the flag. And leaves. I appreciate that. But what I'm saying is that, you know, there's a these com- and you had to admit this. These protests were, <clears throat> excuse me, they were dying down. Like by like the third week in the NFL, there were maybe only like one, two or three people, like doing it every week. Uh, have you no- you noticed that, right? Mm-hmm. So and then all of a sudden, Trump goes down. Losing money. Yeah, losing money. Yeah. And then Trump goes down. It says goes to Alabama, says these comments, and all of a sudden uh, every player feels insulted, feels in, uh, and feels that you know th- th- these comments were just out of line. Listen, all, all I'm saying is, is it? Do I agree with these protests? No, honestly, I think they need to. They should have done these things differently. It is. I think it's wrong to kneel for the national anthem, but what I'm saying is that we need to respect a person's First Amendment right. I mean, we're seeing it today with the uh, school the kids are walking out of school today to. Protest gun violence. I mean, it's their it's their First Amendment right to protest. Basically, what I'm saying is, if I were Donald Trump, and <laughs> if I were President Trump, I would have done things maybe just a little bit differently. Maybe instead of calling players sons of bitches, I would I would say, listen, while I respectfully disagree with your form of protest, I respect your First Amendment right to protest. Therefore, maybe we can someday someday. We can meet together. We can yeah, come but together. Yeah, he's being him. He's being real. Yes. Sometimes being real maybe can go a little too far. I like him about that. Yes, and that's fine. He you can have, you can like that. He wouldn't have won the election without those people. Yes, obviously. Look, you like can this. like that. Come on. This, if I was running for president, I would be myself. I would not be like everyone. All right, guys, thanks for coming today. I'm running for president of the United States. Listen, you can be real, but not like insult people at the same time. That's why he won. That's why he won. Yeah, listen. Well, sometimes it's like it's you don't have to like like hey, the campaign. Truth hurts. If you have to call people out for who they are, so be it. Well, listen. Like if you want to do that, fine. That's your campaign. That's your people. All I'm saying is that maybe we should have done things. Maybe it's a little so bit differently, and they wouldn't have be out this out of control. That's all I'm saying. But why did they protest in the first place? Because they're pro- they're what they're saying is they're protesting like racial equality, police brutality. That's 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 what they're saying. Where do they happen? Where it happened? In inner cities. Basically, like, there are incidents like, uh, where, where was it? New York City. 
uh, what's Eric Gardner, where he was like uh, choked to death by a police officer. Uh, there's the Ferguson. Uh, there's a, like there's a lot of incidents that they claim. But listen, here's all I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. I don't agree with the protest, like the national and the protest. Do it differently. Yeah, that, that, that's what I'm saying. You realize LeBron James uh, donated forty-one million dollars to a uh, uh, kids in Ohio so they could go to college. Yes, like do that. Like it's that. Like donate to kids like uh, like in poverty or donate or like talk to your leaders like and see well, what we can agree, what we can disagree on. That, that that's basically all I'm, what I'm saying. Like instead of what, calling, what instead of calling d- players sons of bitches, I what are they going to do at the NFL meetings though? Like, hopefully they can like come together and like come up with a solution, like a peaceful solution, where hopefully like, it doesn't get even more out of control next season, and all of a sudden we see like players like boycott or stuff like that. But what I'm saying is, listen, I would have said, listen, while I res- while I disagree with your protest, respectfully disagree, I respect your First Amendment rights to protest. So. What I would like to do is we, would, we should come together, see what we can agree and disagree on, and, and the things that we do agree on, we put action to it. That way, nobody has to kneel for the national anthem ever again. Basically, if we did, obviously, it's sickening somewhat to see people kneeling for the national anthem. I don't want to see it. You don't want to see it. Nobody wants to see it. So why does the NF, why do, how come when they, why do they have to show it on TV? Because the NFL wants ratings. That's they're going to lose ratings. Well, it's... They're losing ratings. Yeah, they're losing them. ratings, a lot of ratings, because people are upset about it. But basically what I'm, what I'm saying is that you have to re- respect a person's First Amendment right. Come up with the solution to say what we could agree on, and we just put action to it. All right. I respect you. Yeah. So, yeah thank you. Appreciate all that. All right. Let's go to the next topic. All right. And everybody debates this. Everybody. Stephen A., Max Kellerman. Now it's time for Dougie and Jeff to debate this question that everybody wants to know. If LeBron loses a title this year, does that destroy his legacy or the the conversation of the greatest of all time? Jeffrey. LeBron James is not the greatest of all time. First of all, how is that even a discussion? (laughs) All right. First of all, yes, he has a lot of records. He's one of the greatest of all time, but he's not the greatest of all time. Obviously, first of all, my, call me when LeBron has six championships. Then we can start discussing who has um, That's titles. a team game. That's what? That's a team game. Team game? Mm-hmm. All right, look. LeBron, listen, LeBron's legacy is intact. Like, what he does on the court and off the court. Like, he has three NBA titles. Obviously, if there's a lot of people saying that if he loses this year, I don't even think Cleveland's even going to make it to the finals this year, the way they're playing. But... If they can't win a title this year, I honestly will not be surprised if he leaves. I mean, they could, like, because you look at this Cleveland team right now, and without LeBron James, they're not that great. Obviously, the it started off good after the trade deadline, but we've seen, I think they played 13 games since the trade deadline, but and the record is 7-6, and six, and they're coming off of a win against the Suns. So, is, so basically, is LeBron's legacy intact if they don't make it to the finals or or if it's like dismantled that's like that's honestly up to debate like that's whatever your opinion is all right so um you could go like greatest player of all time but are we talking greatest athlete because he's the better athlete than jordan he's the better athlete than jordan 
Yes, he is. How so? LeBron could play all four, all five positions for you. He could be your point guard. He could be your shooting guard. He could be your small forward and your power forward. All right. So does the does the championships mount up? What have the championships mounted up for him? For what? Le- LeBron have the championships mounted up for him. He has three. He has three. How many does Michael Jordan have? But it's a team game. Yes, it's a team game. Michael Jordan had people with him. LeBron James right Michael now. Michael didn't win it on his all. That's what I'm saying. Michael didn't win it by himself. Obviously, he had help with him. Does LeBron have help with him right now? But it doesn't matter. Yes, it does. Championships is a team game. Yes, it is a team game, but you have to have help. LeBron is passing Michael in every category. Okay, but when he wins six championships, then I will call him the greatest of all time. Michael Jordan did not win them by himself. Yes, I understand that. It's a team game. It's a team game. Michael played... Probably the biggest roles in all six of those championships. But LeBron James makes everybody better around him. Yes, he does. Really? They would be in first place right now. How are they doing? They're in fourth. They're in fourth place. They've gone seven and six at the trade deadline. They traded away like three quarters of their roster at the trade deadline just so they try to keep LeBron in Cleveland next season. And that's obviously but so far not Jeffrey, working for him. LeBron. LeBron's is, LA. No, LeBron's not going nowhere. <laughs> LeBron pa- LeBron passes the ball. LeBron blocks. You saw it in Game 7 against the Warriors. He went down and blocked Iggy. Yes, he has. That's the thing about LeBron. He has he the passion. He is a better athlete, and I'm tired of people being like, oh, Michael versus Jordan. The answer is LeBron. Michael versus Jordan? <laughs> Michael versus LeBron. The answer is LeBron. The answer is LeBron. I look. That's fine. You could say that. But look. Le- LeBron is he? Le- LeBron is without a doubt. I say top maybe three or five like, of the, the greatest players of all time. I mean, what he could do on the basketball court is just insane. And like, but the thing is, people are going to look back at what like obviously he can have all the records he wants, but people are going to look back at championships. And the thing is, he has three championships. If I remember correctly, he's made it to the NBA Finals. I, think, I believe six consecutive years. And yeah, but it's all about records and what you put up, your numbers. Um, Marty has three cups, and he has goaltending records, wins, minutes, saves. He's still the greatest of all time. He's made it to four Stanley Cups. and Five. Uh, Don't five. forget 2012. Uh, th- uh, that's, Don't forget 2012. That's, that's right, 2012, 2012. You're right, you're right, you're right. You 2012, got 2012, everybody. You can't 2012, forget. game six. You can't forget 2012. <laughs> thank, thank you, Doug. You got it. All right, so, so basically, he, and he has more Stanley Cup wins in Stanley Cup Finals appearance. He has a better average in the Stanley Cup. Three out of five. That's great. But look, LeBron James is three out of, like, seven. So? So? Like, people are going to look back at that. Three and six. Hold on. I just three and go, six. Okay. I just want to bring it back to uh, 2012 for one, a few seconds. Okay. Took a shot that's carefully played away by Lundquist. Now Ponikarovsky with it. Two So that was good memories. That was one of the greatest nights of my life. But people don't look at people don't always look at championships. Yeah, people don't. There are people that that will look at championships and say when they debate like who could be the greatest of all time. But there are people that are going to look at that, and that, that's just the facts. Like, listen, LeBron take all the record, uh, all the what do you call it, uh, all the records in the book. Well, there are going to be people that are going to look at championships and say, "Wow, LeBron like he had more." of NBA Finals appearances that wins. 
he couldn't get it done in the finals. That's there are people that got to look back at that. I know, but it's it's the guys around him. Yeah, but that's the thing. But people are going to squarely focus on LeBron. That's just the, the kind of star power he has. I'm sorry, but I don't. I think LeBron makes everybody better. Look at that Heat team. That Heat team is nothing without him. Heat are in the playoffs right now. But I'm just saying. But yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. He's been to seven. I, mean, I just look at Cleveland He's after LeBron left the first time. That's what I'm looking at. at yeah, so what does that say about the Cavs? They, LeBron, that they were nothing without him? Exactly. And that Bulls team would still be the same without Jordan. You take LeBron off this Cleveland team right now, they're nothing. Which I know be, that. Yes, that's a fact. You got to look at that. And while you yes, you can say, yes, LeBron does make players better around him. But you can also look at it and say, yeah, LeBron does most of the work. Which is why he should be the greatest athlete of all time. So are you just like not, saying that like in basketball or something like all sports? I'm not talking about rec- basketball. I'm not talking about all his, his NBA championships. I'm talking about what he does on the court for his team. On the court for his team. Okay. People get that conversation confused. People can get that conversation confused, but it's a real conversation to have. Yes, and the real answer is LeBron. The real answer is Michael. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to talk about one last thing that many people have been discussing as as years have gone on. But do you think that mostly capital fans think it, but do you think this NHL playoff system is better or should it go back to the one versus eight? Um, I mean, personally, I think the one versus eight system was good. I had no problems with that. I think it was like kind of fair, you know, the best team versus like the wild card team. I had no problem with that. But um, oh, it's like say, let's see, the Devils are currently in eighth right now, right? So if they got into the playoffs, they would face the Tampa Bay Lightning in the one seed, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's a fair matchup. I mean, but honestly, I think uh, staying at the one versus eight seed, I mean, that would work out. But that's just me. Because if you look at it, this may be the third year that faces. Uh, Penguins and Capitals in yeah. a third year in a row. Yeah, obviously, it's a great matchup, but the fans want to see that every single year. That's the thing. This is how I look at it. Right. I hate it. You hate it. Do you want to go back to the one versus eight system? I think one versus eight is better because the first three are guaranteed uh, the first three are guaranteed division. Right. And when we went to the playoffs in 2012, it was the Rangers. I think it was the Bruins, and then the Ca- and then the Panthers. We played the Panthers. Yeah, we played the Panthers first. Now, if it was the way it was, uh, if it was the way it was today, I think we would have faced the Rangers in the first round. Yeah, Rangers are in the playoffs right now, though. No, I'm saying if but, it was uh, yeah, right, in 2012, I think. If I'm trying to recall the way it was. We would have faced. Well, we faced the Panthers, then the Flyers, then the Flyers, then the Rangers, and then basically that, and then we beat the Rangers to get to the Stanley Cup Finals. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, me, I would go back to the one versus eight system. That's just me. I think it's a better playoff system. I think it's more fair because because you're going with it's it's divisional play. I think it's better one through eight because you're going against your divisional teams. Right. And some teams, uh, <coughs> and the way it's going, the Metro Division is completely better. We could, ha- right. we could have, yeah, we'll have five. If we'll have five teams from the Metro in the playoffs, yeah, we got, yeah, we definitely got five teams in the Metro. 
I mean, well, obviously, you got to look. You got, Devils got to make it there first. Obviously, they're only three points ahead of Florida. So, you got to make it there first. But if they do get in, then, yeah, we're going to have five teams from the Metro Division in the postseason. You think that's fair, though? To no, the, like, that, the, that's not fair, no. To the Atlantic? No, that's not fair at all. I mean, it would it, it would be a lot worse if it was, like, six and two. But, like, I think, yeah, I, that's not fair to, like, the Atlantic Division, no. And you look at the West. Western Conference is, like, I think eight teams, like, six points separated from each other. I know, and a lot of teams are missing out. Anaheim, St. Louis. Yeah, the, there are teams that have more points in the West that do in the East, but those teams in the West are currently out of the playoffs right now. Or are they on the verge of being of missing the playoffs? Anaheim's on the verge of missing. St. Louis, I think, is three points out. Right. It's... I don't know. I don't know what it would work because I know Alex Ovechkin came out once and said that he hated it. Well, yeah, and Ovechkin is a very powerful voice in the NHL. He's one of the biggest stars. He's like, oh, we got to play Pittsburgh again? Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, obviously I think that the owners in the NHL, they should have at least have a discussion about this. But going back to the one versus eight seed, it would be fair. Uh, that would be fair. Like, have the best team in the division versus the team that just barely makes it in. I think that's fair. I want. I think one versus eight would be better because it's not – you look at it, I don't know how to describe it. Like, you know you're playing a division op- opponent. And it may be easy because you know them well, but I would rather go up against a team that I don't know well. Right. Like, we're playing the Capitals. If we play the Capitals round one – because of the wild card system, Capitals know how to play against us. Yeah, the Capitals. They, they know, know if they get on the power play, they'll have a good chance of scoring. Because I've seen it. Ovi's always at the point and he scores against us. They know that they can capitalize on our mistakes. And we have to cut down on those mistakes. That's the simple part. So for me, I rather. S- it would be one versus eight. And we, if it was one versus eight, we would be playing the Lightning. Right. And the Lightning don't really know how to play against us because we played against them twice. Played against them twice, beat them in Tampa. And we beat them in Jersey, I mean, against Peter Bujai, but we still beat them. Yeah, we still beat them. So, like, and we and we beat and we beat Tampa with a backup goaltender in Tampa So, Bay, you so. think about it, this team really could. Uh, they could, but you got to look at the standpoint, it's going to be tough. That's, that's straight up the facts. I'm just hoping we get in. That's all that matters. Yeah, that's all that's all that matters. You got take it one game at a time. One shift, one game. Everything dominoes have to fall in your corner in order for them to make the playoffs. Because at the end of the day, you're in. If you're in, and you're in, you're you're gonna And if you're out, it's gonna be a fun eighteen holes for the next three months. Yeah, ha- <laughs> have fun doing that, Jimmy. <laughs> so we're gonna Hear from our our sponsors, and then we're going to uh, finish the show up. As we, you know, we're here till five, so uh, let's uh, let's get going. The window of an Amtrak train can open up a whole new world for your kids. A world full of farms and sleepy little towns that belong in storybooks. A world of crystal clear lakes and rivers and cities so big and beautiful. They take your breath away. America is a country full of incredibles and right now, you and your family can see more of it. 
through your own wide window for less with an incredible Amtrak vacation. Because with Amtrak's family fares, members of the family can save 50 to 70% off the regular fare on all trains, except Metroliners. And Amtrak also has over 150 tour packages to choose from, from simple day trips to cross-country cavalades. So this summer, why not let your kids see America from a different point of view? For details, call Amtrak or your travel agent. You are listening to the Doug Sarabo Show with your host, Doug Sarabo. Jeffrey didn't start the fire. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. What, so, what, what was that? I don't know. I'm going to not have. <laughs> I was just going on with the Oh, song. my gosh. Dude, what are we doing here? So we got a few minutes left. I wanted to just, you know, we got Tom Brady, who's 40, played. I think he played well in the Super Bowl. He, uh, he had one of the best games of his career, I think, in the Super I know. Bowl. Everyone's like, oh, Brady's legacy's gone. But, no, his defense. His legacy's not gone. Let's be real here. His <laughs> defense didn't step up. No, his the defense, but both teams didn't really step up either. It was a very high-scoring game. That was good, though. That was that, that was, was That was a really great game. That really so was. My question for you, where I want to, I think we can have a good debate with this because we all know Brady wants to play to 45. What do you think? I think he has about, uh, I say about two, three years left. I mean, I think he's still capable. I mean, if Tom, Tom Brady, like last year, shows up for the next, like, three, five, like, three, four, five years, he's going to be around for a while. But, I mean, obviously, he's still in great shape. He's still, like, he's still consistent. Still moves around in the pocket very well. But, I mean, just a couple nights ago, we saw Stephen Colbert chucking beers. So, obviously, he's still he's still having a good time with himself. I, he's showing no signs of slowing down. So, I think I think Tom Brady's going to be at least the uh, Jets' nightmare for the next <laughs> three to five years. I, th- I, I, really, I believe it. Honestly, I'm not sure. Uh, what do you think? You think he's going to, like, call it quits after another year or two? I'm not sure, though, because you think about it, he, he plays at an elite level, but can his body hold up? That's the thing, though. Like, if he can, like, avoid getting hit. Like, obviously, the loss of Nate Solder is huge because now he went from the Patriots to the Giants, and also Danny Amendola went from the Patriots to the Dolphins. So he just lost one of, his, like, two of his big offensive players. So if he can, like, obviously with Elman coming back, he's going to have a top wide receiver Here, again. We've seen this every year with these 40-plus quarterbacks. Brett Favre took the Vikings to the NFC Championship. Right. Through the interception. The following year, how does he come back? Awful. Yeah. <laughs> Can't stay healthy, getting hit. So you see it with Peyton Manning. Takes the Broncos to the Super Bowl. Same thing. He, fall, he, yeah, he did, falls did do off well the at face all, yeah. of the earth. He gets injured. So everybody's telling – you're going to say Brady could do the same? Well, look, what I'm saying is if Tom Brady can – listen, as long as he avoids getting hit, as long as he avoids, like – as long as he can still come and move around the pocket, I think he can still go for another couple of years. I'm not saying, like, he's going to be like play until he's 50. But I, I think he can go for – Trust me, I think he's the greatest quarterback of all time. Oh, definitely. I think he's the greatest quarterback of all time, too. But here's the thing. Is your body going to be the greatest of all time? No. That's the thing. Like, that's the thing, though. That TB12 diet. No. <laughs> but, no. But uh, that's the thing. Can his body hold up? I mean, one to two years. Yeah, I I say two to three. Two to three. Yeah, I say, two. I'll say two. I'll say two. How about that? All right. Two to three though. Yeah, two to three years. Listen, he's still in great shape. 
That's the thing. But uh, obviously the body can take its toll. But it's, it's up to Tom Brady when he wants to des- to retire. If he wants to keep going, he can keep going. Obviously, in the next like year, if, like maybe next year or like a year or two, they can ha- they have to look for another quarterback. They just traded the other. They just traded Garoppolo to San Francisco, so they got to look for another quarterback. Yeah, but I don't know. Look, as long as Tom Brady is healthy and he's still yes, but people are going to go after him. Yes, obviously people. Gonna they want to take the great down. He's a quarterback. Of course, people going to go after him. Yeah, but people want to take the greats down. There's going to be someone that wants to be the next one. Yeah, who's that going to be? Who's the next great one? On path? Yeah. Who's the next great quarterback? The question is, I, 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 don't, I don't know. The question, I mean, who, who do you, you think? Who do you think? Who do I think? Like, who's potentially the next Tom Brady? I mean, honestly, I mean, it, it's hard to compare because there are a lot of like there are a lot of good Not the quarterbacks. Next Tom Brady, but on the path to have the face of the NFL. The face of the NFL. I mean, who, obviously, right now. I mean, the way it looks at it, he's, uh, he's Odell is in the headlines for all the wrong reasons. Please don't get me started. I'm on not. That no, guy. no, 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 no. I'm Please. not saying. I'm not. I'm not saying he's the face of the NFL. I'm saying Please, he's that the, guy's going. He's in the headlines for the wrong reason. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying he's the face of the NFL, and I hope he's not the face in the NFL. But right now, a player, Tom Brady, is like a polarizing character. Uh, not character. He's a polarizing player. One of the most in NFL history. And right now, I mean, it's really hard to debate who could be that next player. Like, who who would you say is, like, the most polarizing player? Minus Tom Brady. Hmm. Because, yeah, it, it's very it's very uh, difficult to say who, who that person is. I'm, you, I'm trying to think who we have out there. Like, the amount of, like, star power that Tom Brady has, nobody else has. Yeah, Tom Brady has made quarterback wise. Yeah, maybe anybody. Hmm. Uh, maybe Deshaun Watson if he's uh, health. I uh, I think Deshaun Watson will come back. Maybe Garoppolo. May- could be Garoppolo because I think Garoppolo could be on his way to being a, a, a great player. But uh, I don't know. That's just me though. You think? <laughs> we'll see. Who else you got? <laughs> I mean, hopefully, uh, I'm actually really hoping Andrew Luck comes back and be the same player. I mean, because I was I've actually been a really big fan of Andrew Luck, but obviously with his uh, his shoulder problems, he's been having a lot of problems. Hopefully, he can come back and be the same player. You know who player. we should really look out for? Who? Um, Cam Newton. Cam Newton. I oh, think, yes. I think he's hungry for something. Cam Cam Newton, I think, can get back there, but. We'll, we'll have to say, wait and see. You know who else we should keep an eye on? What? To see what AP's going to do. Yeah, yeah, he's, he was released. Yes, he was. Yeah, so he's now a free agent, so it'll be very it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. And you know who who wants to prove something else? Who wants to prove it? Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman's got a huge chip on his shoulder now. You think with the Seahawks releasing him, he's going to be more hungry and motivated than yes, ever? Yes, he will. Oh, definitely. He's gonna, he's gonna, he wants to prove to them, oh, you gave up on me. Right. But look... Look where I am now compared to uh, you guys. Right. He's gonna. The 49ers are back. They're getting great players. That's my team to watch, Jeffrey. Uh, that's that's my team to watch too. I think the 49ers are gonna. I think they're back. I think they're gonna be contending for the NFC. NFC yeah, West. I think they're gonna be all, all right. Thanks, Jeff. That was a hell of a show. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks I, for having me on. I right? enjoyed uh, talking uh, March Madness. We had some good picks. I enjoyed. I enjoyed uh, 
NFL predictions, MLB, Devils hockey. Let's get that W tonight. Yeah, we, we huge game tonight. Keith Kincaid in net. He's the hot goalie right now for the Devils. Big game. So, it's Doug, thank you for having me no on. No problem, I, buddy. I greatly good appreciate debate. it. We debated pretty yes, good. We're, we're a good team, man. We're a good Hell team. Yeah, we are. All right. That was a good debate I, with uh, I, the I, national anthem, LeBron. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Brady. I appreciate it. I enjoy it. Thanks, Jeff. See you guys next week. Oh, no, I won't be, I won't be on. I got the banquet. Oh, oh banquet. I'll see you guys in two <laughs> weeks. Peace.